0: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Punk Till I Die podcast. This is episode number 29. I'm one of your hosts, Tom, and somewhere out there is your other host, Neil. How are you doing, Neil?
1: I'm doing fine today, Tom. How are you? It's a Saturday morning, and it's uh, oh, at least it's sunny outside, so let has got is. that going for it. It is. The sun is
0: shining. So, uh, to... The window is open in the Pillow Fortress of Solitude, and it's a little chilly in here, but that's all right. That'll keep me alert as I'm a little... uh under the weather this
1: morning. Oh, what? Don't tell me that. What's going on? Well,
0: I, I, you know, I'm trying to support all our local businesses, you know?
1: Uh Uh-huh.
0: So last night I got home, it's Friday, you know, and you're trying to, I I worked and so you're trying to keep some sense of, you know, the week or whatever. So Friday we've been getting, trying to get takeout from local places or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So we got pizza from a local place and I got my, um, growler filled.
1: Oh. At a different local
0: location. (laughs) With, this, are you, are you you're that
1: with ki- this... You're that kind of under the weather. All right. Now <laughs> so I'm not are you worried. you with this trend in craft beer, these hazy beers? Yep. Yes. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. So
0: I got this one called Hazy Memory from uh, Lagunitas, which mm-hmm. I think is a West Coast brewery.
1: Yeah, I've had some of their stuff. Lagunitas, they have a pretty bro. good
0: IPA and they have a one yep. that's called Lil L- Sumpin, I think it's called, or something yep. like that IPA. But I tell you, every time I get my grower filled, I finish it.
1: So to explain to English less or other uh, worldwide listeners what a growler is, what what do you explain is a, that? Is it a half
0: gallon? I'm not sure. It's it's essentially a big glass jug.
1: Yeah, a big glass jug
0: that you fill with with tap beer. And so I really tr- I really don't drink beer at home very much. I'm just I I don't want the calories, and I just it's just not something I have. I usually have a bottle of something around if I want to drink or whatever. But I he's watching his drink.
1: girlish figure, everybody.
0: Well, yeah, yeah, it's girlish, all right. I'm two girls, <laughs> but I. Uh, I generally, yeah, it, 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 and but I just—it's Friday. I just felt the need to have some beer, right? We got some pizza, some good pizza from our local pizzeria, and, and yeah, and I drank the whole thing down, and yeah, I'm I'm feeling slightly less than fresh this morning. So
1: that okay. <laughs> not so fresh feeling.
0: <laughs> and the worst thing is, you know, I, I I think I mentioned this before, and you you know this for sure. My my son is a prep tennis player. Like he'll be going into his eleventh grade next year, so. Last over the last year or so he's gotten much better than I am at tennis. I know he's gonna want to go out and drag me out on the courts and whoop me at tennis, and I'm already not feeling all that fresh, well, but oh oh well, this these are these are small problems.
1: Well right? is this is this the same son who's also a wrestler? Yes. Oh I was gonna say, because why doesn't he take out his brother to play tennis instead of whooping on his dad?
0: Well, his his older brother, who's uh gonna turn twenty one here in a month or so, is was never very athletic. Which is unfortunate because he's a big, big kid. 6'2", six, 6'3". Six, I mean, he, he just towers over me. And he's, unfortunately for him, he's getting to have my build. So he's a real big kid. But he was never never much of an athletic. I don't know where. I don't know why my younger son has decided to be so athletic.
1: Well, that's cool. I mean, it's good for you, though, to get you out. You know, get it you is. Out well, and the fact of the matter is he plays stuff.
0: my favorite sports that I participated in when I was younger, which are wrestling and tennis. And he never showed any interest until he was a freshman in high school. And now he's just obsessed especially no, with tennis. Cool. just just loves tennis so that's yeah cool. so yeah i'll probably have to drag my slightly headache self out later to play some tennis so i know you went for your run this morning as usual
1: you're going on a weekend run
0: i did a lot of people, no i did no, people I go, out and about well, or was it like zombie apocalypse
1: these days uh you know with the all being stuck from home i go out pretty much every day actually but i go yes. out early enough that there's really nobody else about, which, you know, once we go out at seven, It you know, it's pretty much like that anyway, especially on the weekends. But, You're uh, a sick
0: man, honestly, dude, to be out jogging at seven o'clock in the morning on a Saturday.
1: Well, no, it's good, though, man. It's good. Well, especially now, right? You don't want to be congested with a lot of other people around, you know, so I figure all right, getting it out, because I don't want to, I'm not, go out, I'm not going out wearing a mask, so I'm just, you know, I'm a rebel, mm. I guess, right? Yeah. So, yeah.
0: So... So, you know, so we we started a couple weeks ago, we started, maybe it's only a week ago, I don't remember, we started doing our, going through our shows A to Z, that thing that was going around on Facebook, and we started talking about our favorite shows for every letter, and we're going to get to that in a little bit, Yep. Um, but you and I are always having, you know, there's a few people, you and I and our friend Matt, who we've had on the show, and our friend Jake, and I sometimes talk to John, and our friend you know Dick Gerbil and all these people you know we we keep in contact with people over the week and it's helping us to sort of ride this
1: yeah it is nice yeah craziness, virtual craziness virtual worldwide out. friends yeah
0: i hope everybody out there has somebody that they're you know kind of commiserating with at this time you know a spouse or a friend or or whatever but you and i are always having conversations and we we just we're having conversation with, with our friend Matt about about the crazy japanese lyrics because you were ogling a Japanese pressing of the Dead Boys, right?
1: Yes, exactly right. Of, of and, young, and the loud, lyrics are yeah. always
0: just a little off and they're sort of hilarious. And and, it, and the reason I thought about this is because we had, of course, Dave from Parasites on uh, just just on episode 28. And there was a series of records in the late 90s. And I'll see if you remember these. They were, it was on a record label called Clearview. And it was where bands would do entire Ramones albums, cover entire Ramones albums. Do you remember yeah,
1: those? Yeah, I do. I do, yeah.
0: So like screeching weasel did the fir- very first one um the vindictives did leave home um who did rocket into- queers did rocket to russia and mr t experience did road to ruin the first first four and then the, after that the series it wasn't as it kind of i don't say it fell apart because the is it the new rochelle's or the young rochelle's just did animal boy
1: yeah they did um and they're actually Last one year, of my favorite Ramones core bands, but uh, yeah, yeah, they did almost an exact copy of Animal. Boy. Well, the Boy. funny
0: thing about like Animal Boy, the way it was produced, I I was never crazy about the way those later Ramones albums sounded. You could almost like do a an, like do Animal Boy or or Halfway to Sandy or one of those albums and do them like sounding more like the original Ramones sound and probably make them. I I, I
1: hesitate make them better,
0: it better, but yeah. you know more authentic to the, But so the Parasites actually did one of those too. And they were going to do "It's Alive." That was the that was the one they ended up covering, but I know the label or something didn't want to do the full double double album version. That was the U.S. version because it was too, too expensive long. or whatever to yeah, do a double long. LP. Yeah, yeah. So they somehow ended up agreeing on doing the Japanese version, which was compressed to a single LP. I don't know if you know. There's a, a no, Japanese I didn't.
1: I did not know that, it's, actually, Alive, no. it's
0: only a single LP. And to make it more goofy, they used the lyrics nah. from that the Japanese pressing <laughs> had included. So if you get a chance, if you listen to the Parasites, It's Alive, it's pretty funny because, yeah, it's got the slightly goofy Japanese lyrics um, and the shortened, like, single LP version of the It's Alive album. So anyway, it just it was kind of made me laugh. It tied in with what we were talking about, and, what and- we were talking about in our private conversation and the... You Know just having the parasites on, but, but I believe it's the live album part of it is totally faked.
1: Oh, you mean the crowd and stuff?
0: I think I, I'm not positive yeah. about that, but I don't think it's a real live album. I think it's yeah. like a studio album where they I think they might have actually even like taken the crowd from like It's Alive or something.
1: Maybe that's where Marky Ramone got confused, and <laughs> that, that, that's why know. he thinks It's Alive is not I think real. <laughs> Marky Ramone's always confused at this point. Yeah, I think he's using his wigs too tight. Um. So you yeah. wanna
0: give a shout? I know you wanted to give a shout out to some folks I, too. We've been getting some mail and we do appreciate that.
1: Yeah, yeah. But I, I, I did want to say that uh, if anybody wants a good laugh, um look up on uh get out the Google machine and look up um Japanese lyric sheets that were inserted with like the first couple of Ramones albums or even that Dead Boys Young Louds Naughty album because the uh that poor translator who had to try and translate some of these lyrics <laughs> into english and, he just, and it's just they're, they're just the most off. ludicrous well no some of them are massively off because they? they're completely ludicrous so well, you know the thing just, is
0: they're off enough i mean they completely change the, me, the meaning
1: yeah the meaning of some of the songs and they just don't go. They don't even like real words and stuff so they're, just, they're they there is just some of those just are that sonic
0: reducer just looking at the i couldn't hardly read it. it was too small and even trying to stretch it out on my phone to make it bigger i could hardly read it but yeah it's pretty funny
1: yeah so those are good but so you're right though. Yeah, we've got some we've had some mail to our Gmail and also on Facebook we got a lot of uh, a lot of stuff going on there. So just wanted to give some shout outs. Um First of all, Conrad. Um, he's in a band called the Nixed, and he sent us in um, some of their stuff, and it, actually it's really good. So I know one of these weeks we're going to have a show where we feature bands from uh, from people who've written in and stuff like that. So uh, thanks, Conrad, and the Nixed. Um, then uh, John Michaels. Another guy's in a band called the Darbs, um, and he sent in some stuff. So thanks, John. Yes, Sheboygan, Sheboygan, Wisconsin. Appreciate that. And then we get mail from uh, Mike the Postman from Florida. So It makes uh, me
0: doesn't it make me doesn't it make you happy to know that somewhere in Florida there's a mailman listening to the show? It so, does. yeah, shout out to Mike.
1: Yeah, yeah, we're giving him uh, giving him Even a little time. Even though his... I
0: know he stepped on one of your very sore spots and you probably want to fist fight him. But he did, you know.
1: But you know, I'm 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 used to it by now. I mean I'm used to yeah. people dissing Morrissey, so it's it's all good. So uh hey Mike, I'm glad to know you're still listening. Um and then on Facebook we got some of our some of our regulars. We got good old Dick Gerbil. And uh so hey Dick and um Ricky Adams who's always writing in Hey Ricky and then um we had a new one last week which is kind of cool actually uh Jason from uh, Garage Rock Records out in uh, uh, yes. I think on the West Coast somewhere I don't know if it's San Fran I think he or said LA, LA or, or Long Beach or somewhere Yeah, yeah. so uh they're, they're actually the label of uh Gross Polluter who used to be Smogtown who my favorite new band so um he wrote in, and uh, so it was great to hear from him. So uh, thanks, Jason, and uh, looking forward to getting the package from you maybe sometime in the yeah. future.
0: Yeah, and uh, maybe we get at some point. Maybe we'll uh, have him on, and talk to him about what he's doing on. Yeah, there, that so. would be awesome.
1: Yeah. So uh, so shout out to Jason. So so that it, was that. It's,
0: just it's funny, you know. I think I mentioned this before, but everybody thinks of L.A. is just this, you know. It's oh, it's L.A. It's one city, right? But it's it's huge, and all these beach communities, and it can be you can be an hour plus you know what we consider la can be a long a long long way apart
1: oh no that's true yeah i mean i I, have Have you spent much time in california
0: i haven't no i really i've heard it's amazing i just i just haven't
1: well it's funny i i mean and this is a complete sidetrack but this is what we do right exactly Um, what else
0: we got to do man we're trapped in our houses we go for hours (laughs) and days
1: i've only been there once right I've, i've only been to cali once um was in san diego um and spent a few days in San Diego and then one of the days we said we're gonna we're gonna drive up the coast to meet a friend of mine who lives in L.A. So we drove up the whatever that is the seventy five or whatever it is from LAX San Diego to we're L.A. not
0: LAX what do they call that the, yeah is it LAX Los Angeles Express I don't know whatever
1: well no we no but we drove we we, we drove up that up that highway to Pacific yeah. Coast Highway right um, so, okay Pacific Coast yeah, yeah yeah LAX is the airport okay, yeah. forget it. Just Um ignoring just ignoring just ignore but me. but it was fun <laughs> it was funny so uh, from watching skate videos in the eighties. There'd always be these, um, you know, there'd be a, there'd be a skate video from a skate contest, and they'd always be in these places like Long Beach or um, uh, Oceanside or this, that, and the other, and they always yeah. sounded so amazing, and the, you know, and it was always sunny, and the, you know, this place it, they look magical. So yeah. anyway, so we're driving up from San Diego to uh, L.A. and we're going through all these all these communities, yeah, you know, you know, uh, Oceanside and this kind of thing, and. They were absolutely complete dumps. I was really? absolutely amazed. All it basically is, the road goes through it. It's a strip of gun shops and, uh, and liquor stores <laughs> on the beach. And that's and that's pretty much it. So Sounds like it, my kind of town. Yeah, it, seriously though, man. It completely shattered all my illusions of all these uh, these childhood. You know, everyone's skateboarding and it's uh, amazing. Well, you know, and,
0: I mean, like, Suicide Tennessee's from, like, Venice Beach, right? I mean, yep. it's a slum. It's not like it's... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 So huh. uh,
1: anyway, I, I just thought I just thought that was funny. So uh, anyway, yeah.
0: Well, it's, it's funny, too, because the English, you know, I, I think we we picked up quite a few English listeners. But one of them is, is our pal Dick, who who we talk to pretty regularly. And he, you know, he's sending us he sends us YouTube clips and, you know, stuff stuff all the time. And one of them was he sent a, a band from Kansas City. And he said, "You know, you probably know these guys, Tom. They're Midwesterners or, or whatever." But <laughs> yeah. the funny thing is, they, I don't think people from England realize. I mean, it's they like a ten-hour drive for me to get to Kansas City. Right? <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, it's it's like, it would be like driving from uh, England, you know, around the whole country like three times. I mean, it's, it's really it a like.
0: long, long ways. But but the irony of it is, I did know the guy he was talking about.
1: Oh, for fuck's sake!
2: <laughs> I know it's crazy, right? <laughs> uh,
0: yeah. So maybe we'll see if we can get him on at some point. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's 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 just funny perception. Yeah, people don't realize that size of things and i listen i'm, I'm you know was it russia has like 12 time zones or something i mean it's 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 crazy it's hard to get a sense of sense of time and space so
1: a sense of time and space so talking about sense of time and space should we get onto our um, a through sure. z or do you have anything else that you want to you know talk about? I'm
0: sure i'll think of it after we're done but you yeah. know like said we got we got nothing but time right
1: all right so last we are, time
0: we're 20 we're 29 episodes in and uh you know and it's funny because you know when we started, I think we were afraid of. We had a lot of topics and stuff we wanted to talk about, and we were. I think there was an underlying fear that we'd run out of stuff to talk about, and then we got like ten episodes in. We before we had a guest, and we've been doing we, the the episodes have been getting longer and longer. We were doing you know an hour and a half a week <laughs> without really. Worrying about running out of anything, and I still don't think we're going to run out. But now that we can't leave our houses, it's definitely making it more challenging.
1: Well, I'll tell you what, so, mate. So, I, we're
0: definitely getting, we, we were, you know, part of this was a, the point of it was to, you know, dive into the past and cool stuff we'd experienced. And so, we're definitely getting a chance to do that. But, you know, the thought wasn't that we'd never get to experience anything cool again. I mean, are we someday going to be talking to our grandkids, going, "Boy, I remember when we used to go and go to watch live music played." And yeah, like they'll a, be like, "No, like a, no, you did like 1984 or something or."
1: No the funny thing about that is, um, I've still got because you know I keep a running tally of what's what we're talking about in each of the shows and stuff. And before, oh,
0: thank God, uh, but, before I'm going to want to repeat myself soon.
1: Well, it doesn't get that detailed, but you know I have ideas for shows and uh, the the stuff from before the very first show that we still haven't talked about yet. So I don't think. We I don't think we need to worry about uh, about that. You know, there's still like ten things on there that we haven't touched on yet. So, um, I think we'll be good. All but right. uh, anyway, uh, last time we got through, um, we got through H. Yes. And so um, I will go first on the I.
0: It, it's funny, man. Before we, before we go on, yeah, definitely. But it's fu- I look back, I'm like, oh man, I that D. Oh, I had another really good one for D, or I had another yes. really good one for. So it's like we can only do what we can do, right? Right. When you know when we get totally seen out, we'll start all over and we'll do all different ones for every letter.
1: Well, yeah, and well, or if we're running out, if we're running out of stuff stuff to talk about, we'll just do a whole other <laughs> alphabet, right? We go back to that again. Yeah, of other bands we wanted to talk about, but uh, okay, for I, um, my I uh, is going to be the band Ignite, who I think I mentioned on the um on the last one because I did see them a few times. I I saw them open up for H2O, which was my H. Yep, but yep. uh the Ignite story I've got was I saw them at the Fireside Bowl. Um geez, when would that have been? It was probably like I know
0: you love the fireside, that's your yeah, necros. You make yeah. fun of me for always wanting to bring up the necros. The fireside bowl is your necros. Neil. Yeah,
1: I, well, you know, I wasn't there that many times, but yeah, no. it was a it was a always an experience whenever I went. But um you know, uh so it was must have been like late nineties, I'm I'm assuming. Um Anyway, opening up for them was the Lawrence Arms. So obviously they really must have had like their only one or two albums out at that point. So huh. uh, and they you know they never did impress me, but that's an, that's a whole nother story. Lawrence so, Arms never did. No, no, no. Um, but ignite were really good. Um, but the thing
0: were, that are, are ignite foreign or was it just the singer? Just the singer. Just
1: a singer. And it. actually that ties in that ties into the little story I want to tell. Is uh, okay. he was from he was from Hungary, and uh, Zoli, okay. and. Um, they were under communist regime you know back in the until the, until the wall came down right yes. um so he was telling a story about uh you know his his parents and his and his grandparents and stuff you know being under communist being under the fist of a communist regime and how bad that was and stuff like that and you know people being taken away in the night and shit like that and there was people in the crowd booing him I'm really? assuming because they were some of the uh, you know new trend- trendy see. lefty brigade or whatever that yeah. didn't want to hear anything bad about about uh, communist regime, and it's like, dudes, this guy's fucking family lived through it. Yeah, exactly. They were there. They didn't just read about it in a history textbook yeah exactly
0: no the people who learned about it in college know more about the people who lived through it neil don't you know (laughs)
1: right exactly exactly so i was like why don't Uh. you people just fucking listen to the story he's telling and uh you know i'd I'd admit that maybe you don't know everything just because you've read about it in a book you know this guy's Uh. telling true stories about it so that's always stuck with me i just always thought that was funny and uh and it was only you know a lot of people think he's holier than now or whatever but man talk about a guy that's sticks with his principles and stuff so you know i think he was like straight edge and stuff but hmm. he also quit the band for two years uh to go and be on uh, one, for Pennywise. Well, well no i wasn't talking about that yeah he did he, hmm. he sang with pennywise for your one, favorite, one your album favorite band. yeah but uh no he went and joined the sea shepherds i believe who were some of those people that go like anti-whaling boats you know they'll go <laughs> and like you know so he actually went and did that kind of shit that's funny. He didn't just sing about it; he actually went and did it. So, uh, anyway, that was my eye. It was, Ignite. you know,
0: I don't think we should kill all the whales. I think it's short sighted, but I can't get passionate about it either.
1: Well, Zoli was don't Zoli apparently.
0: Put myself at a harpoon's end to save a whale.
1: Uh, yeah, I don't I know. Just I, don't,
0: I don't. I don't know. I don't. I, I can't even really understand the motivation of someone like that. But hey, good for him. Yep. I, it's good to be passionate about things yeah, but uh, I remember I, when I was young and passionate
1: well I guess my point was that he actually lives it and shit like that But anyway that I've uh, just I,
0: totally alienated the anti-whaling crowd. I'm sorry folks.
1: Yeah, you've upset me too so you know So you so what's your eye, baby go on um, let's hear so, it
0: So my eye my, my eye is a band that I really wasn't that aware of until I was gonna go see him and then I looked them up and I become a favorite um, it's Iron Cross
1: who, no, that really ear- surprises me The that-
0: early eighties, um, I think 81 or something they started out, but they were, they were in the Washington DC scene, but they were definitely a little different style wise. You know, they weren't the minor threat style. They were like a throwback to Oi, like the English Oi bands.
1: Yes. Like skinheads, right? They had a very bad reputation.
0: When I saw them in like 2011 or whatever, <laughs> they were selling those big like scarves, like the.
1: Oh, it's like soccer scarves, yeah.
0: Yeah, like the soccer scarves, which is the, an interesting piece of merch that you don't see at many punk and hardcore shows. So the, the reason I saw them, for two years, I think it was 11 and 12, but I, I could be a year or two off on this. But in two years in a row, they did this thing in Detroit called Tesco Fest, which was put on by Black Iris, which is a great local Detroit promoter, and Tesco V. Tesco be of the
1: Meatmen. If to people, Tesco be the Meatmen.
0: I think each year they had eight or nine, eight or nine bands, but it was such an incredible event. I got to see some amazing bands that I probably wouldn't have seen otherwise. So the first year was Meatmen headlined Negative Approach. I'm trying to think that that might be the first time I saw Negative Approach, but I'm not positive on that. I've seen them quite a few times since. Um, It was Meatmen, Negative Approach, uh, Gangrene. The great Boston hardcore band who I played twice now on this show, who I love. Uh, Anti Scene from North Carolina, a great shit kicker, hillbilly punk rock band that I love and need to play some songs by on this well, show.
1: And that was your A, I believe, wasn't it? Uh, from 27. I believe it, it was. Oh, no, it wasn't. I'm sorry. It was Adolescence. I'm sorry. I got Adolescence. Right. Yeah, okay.
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, God, don't make me remember. <laughs> I was like, it was only two ago, episodes ago. <laughs> Nine <laughs> days ago. Um, and and uh who else? Uh and Iron Cross. Those were the five big ones. The rest were local, but there were some great local bands too. Break Anchor, who I've loved and have t- talked about quite a bit, uh, Against the Grain, who I'm pretty friendly with, good dudes. Um, but yeah, it, it was a super cool show. Um and so I didn't know a ton about the band, but yeah, they had a they were one of those bands that the skinheads were drawn, like the Nazi skinheads were drawn towards, even though they were very anti fascist, anti Nazi skinheads. But uh their big, their big break. You know, maybe one of their biggest breaks was the fact that uh, Agnostic Front used to cover one of their
1: songs. Yes, oh, they had the famous one called "Crucified," Cru- right? "Crucified, crucified, for, our yeah, sins. crucified yeah. for Your
0: Sins." Yeah, um, which is definitely one of my favorite favorite of their songs, and that was the one I was thinking about playing. But they have they have so many great ones. Uh, "Live for Now" is kind of one of their anthems. Um, I don't know how easy their stuff is to get, but there was a like a compilation CD which I know Neil hates uh, on GMM <laughs> Records, which was the guy from Anti Heroes who we've talked about.
1: Yeah, from Atlanta, label. I believe, right?
0: And it was called Live for Now, and I think it compiled like their LP and their their first uh, EP and all that stuff. So that's called Live for Now. But anyway, so yeah, let's let's do uh... anyway. Those Tesco Fest, man, they were such great events. Like I said, I went to the went to both of them.
1: Was there anything? Uh, was there anything um, outstanding about the Iron Cross set? Was there any fights? Was there any? Oh uh, uh, no! I mean,
0: you know this was obviously quite quite a bit later. Okay, I remember that. So the only, I can't remember the singer's name is like Sob Sob Gray or something crazy like that. I can't remember what his last name is. Sob S A B. I think his first name is Sab. I don't know. Yeah. But um, he's the only one left from the original lineup. But I remember not long after I saw him, the bass player who was a younger guy, was killed in a motorcycle accident. Hmm. So I, I don't know if that's neither here nor there. So the second year of Tesco Fest, because I don't know if I'll get back to this. Let me see if I can remember who played the second year. Um, negative Approach headlined again. Uh, Meat Men, Dwarves, the Queers, the Hookers, who are a pretty cool punk metal band from Kentucky, and maybe one of the years the band Guida played the Italian.
1: Oh, Judah, yeah, 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 love those. Was guys. it Judah? Is that yeah. how it's pronounced? Yeah, that's how it's pronounced in the, in Italian. Yes. Oh,
0: huh. well, they played one year. They were they
1: were fun. But yeah, they they got a very they got a very mid seventies like glam kind of boot. Board yeah, definitely sound. Bay
0: City Rollers kind of a yeah. sound. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, it was sad that they could only do that a couple years. I wish they could have kept going. I think the third year there was they were working on it and like Fang and. DOA, and because I actually talked to Tesco when I was half in the bag when they were opening for Guar <laughs> here locally, and he was talking about how it kind of fell apart and it became something else. It became what I think became Blackout Barbecue or something, but but yeah, there was supposed to be a third year. Like I said, Fang and DOA and stuff. I mean, I mean that just great. Cool. That's yeah. worth driving to Detroit for right there, you know? Yep. But anyway, they were great shows. Iron Cross was great. I don't, like I said, I don't, you know, there was two stages, so the bands were just kind of you know, one band would stop, and the next band would start. It was just an evening thing. It wasn't like an all-day festival thing. But, but yeah, it was cool. But Iron Cross, yeah, probably one of those bands. A lot of a lot of people have probably got a chance to see. That's why I kind of picked them over. You know.
1: Yeah. So you're gonna Iron
0: play Iron Maiden. Iron Maiden, who I also saw, or In Excess, <laughs> who I saw, or you know, a few other bands. Yeah, it doesn't
1: so. really fit into the show too well, uh, either one of those. So um. So w- which Iron Cross song do you want to play? I think you got to play. Let's t- do uh, You're a rebel. Okay, he's a rebel. Is it he's a rebel or you're a no, rebel? No, it's you're a
0: rebel, right? Isn't it? I think we tried to find it under he's a rebel, but I think it's you're a rebel. It's
1: you a rebel, exactly, of the, second, of the second EP called Hated and Proud. So there you yep. go. <laughs> so uh, yeah, here you go. You're a rebel by Iron Cross. cross with you're a rebel so you're so you want me to go with jay yeah yeah you do a jay because i got a i got a couple of jays
0: i want to remember who i I don't even remember who i picked for jay i I, you know i saw judas priest when rob Halford came back and did the reunion that was kind of cool but i think my favorite jay is actually when i saw jane's addiction maybe like 10 years ago because i can't really think of a great punk band with jay and i'm sure i'm forgetting somebody
1: well, I got two, so I can, so I can, I can, but, but I mean, I remember in. seeing,
0: I saw Jane's Addiction at a, at our theater, like where they do the Broadway shows here in Grand Rapids like 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And it was really, really good. I was, I was like that, man. I know they're, I always thought their, their first like big album, which was called Nothing Shocking was really, really good. Once the next album came out and they were on the radio, I lost interest in, in that one. That one was called, I don't remember ritual day low habitual but anyway I, I that was a that was a really cool show so i'm going to going gloss over gloss over the j's and let you go to the j's since yours are yeah yours are definitely more old school more more impressive
1: and the reason i've got two is cuz one is the my favorite show of all time and the other one is is uh pretty impressive because um they were only short lived and they never toured the states or anything so um joy division is my uh probably my number 1 j uh, so because... Joy
0: Division was supposed to come to the U.S. right before Ian Curtis hung himself.
1: Right, like a week, or right after, like like a week. They were supposed to come. They were supposed to do a U.S. tour, like a week. Uh, but they had after... never. But
0: they never did the U.S. tour. No, or no. they never did one before that.
1: No, nope, they never. They never played. Well, didn't the, they have like four albums out? No, they only did two. Al- they only had oh, two, two albums. albums. They only had okay. two official albums. So uh, Ian hung himself right after. Clo- uh, was it even before Closer came out? Or I don't remember exactly what that, that timeline was. But like, was like twenty-two but...
0: years old or something, right?
1: Uh, yeah. Yeah, he was yeah, super yeah, young. yeah. Super young when he when he hung himself. Um, so I saw, I got lucky enough to see them. I think it was somewhere like September '79. Um, they toured with the Buzzcocks. So really, yeah, they wow. played Liverpool University. The Buzzcocks were playing. It was on. They were doing the a different kind of tension tour, their third album.
0: So not only that, but it was local. Or were yeah. you in college at that point too? No, no,
1: I was still in high school. Okay, I was still in high school. I was only sixteen. Um. So yeah, so they played Liverpool University in uh, yeah, like I say, it was like it was like October, September '79, something like that. Um, my second time seeing the Buzzcocks, and yeah, they brought Joy Division. Now the one thing the Buzzcocks always did—they always brought great support bands with them on tour with them. So one tour they took Penetration with them, another one Subway Sect, which I talked so about last like, time. they
0: weren't like... They didn't have, like, the Johnny Ramone mentality of, let's no. make sure the opening band's not too good.
1: <laughs> no, in fact, just the opposite. And, in fact, a lot of people that night thought that Joy Division blew the Buzzcocks off the stage, which they probably did, because by that time, it was shortly before the Buzzcocks broke up, actually. So, um,
0: so do you remember it being an exceptional show? I mean, was there anything I mean, exceptional about it at the time?
1: Um, I remember I, I, I was aware of Joy Division. Um, I wasn't a a huge fan at that point because they only had, they had the first album and a couple of singles. I think I probably had a single, I probably had Transmission or something and I'd seen them on TV. So I knew what they were about, but, uh, I was a enormous Buzzcocks fan. So I was there for the Buzzcocks. I mean, I was, I just got lucky that Joy Division happened to be playing, but, uh, you know, looking back on it now. You know, and he was doing his his spaz dance and all that stuff. He was, you know, so he was total ear. And I'm sure it was a, I'm sure they were amazing, you know. Um, but like I say, I was I was there for the Buzzcocks. So and the Buzzcocks were were disappointing. They were clearly going through the motions at that point. Hmm. But, and like I say, that was probably a couple months before they uh, before they split up. So um, so that's that's one J, and then my other J is uh my favorite gig of all time which was um the jam again 1979 uh this it was the it was the setting so i saw the jam i don't know six times seven times um but this was my second time seeing them it was the setting suns tour they played side in north wales because they were banned from liverpool um and they uh they had the the band the vapors opened up for them who uh, I think you probably remember them from the singles turning why, Japanese. Why were, they ban-
0: why were they banned from Liverpool?
1: Um, they had played in Liverpool the previous November or October in 78, and fans had torn up seats. They played at the uh, Liverpool yes, Empire, classic. and people had torn up seats and, like, throwing them around and shit like that. So they were banned from, Liverpool, banned from a, the only venue that was big enough for them at, at that point in Liverpool. And so um, that,
0: that goes back to nineteen. You know, back even in the late seventies, the punks were always great at destroying any venue that would let them be be kind enough to let them.
1: Hundred percent accurate. Yeah, hundred percent accurate. Um, on spitting at, at the stage.
0: Days, the jam were hardly the exploited. You know. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Like they were yeah. People to flip over police cars.
1: Um, funnily enough, on that tour, so my friend Vosi went to that. Um, they actually had the Dickies warming up for them. So that, nice. would have been, that would have been a hell of a show on that tour. But yeah. anyway, that's not the show that I'm talking about. And the show I'm talking about, um, the jam had just released their one, two, three, fourth album. It was Setting Suns, which was actually my favorite jam album. And again, they played d Leisure Center, which seemed to me at the time to be the end of the Earth away. It was like three train rides or like uh, 45 minutes in the car, right? It seemed like it was the end of the world. It was in Wales, actually. It was across the, across the border in North Wales. Mm. Um, but yeah, it was in a big, it was in a hockey rink. But I mean Ooh. that make that makes it sound bigger than it was. It was probably like two thousand or something months. like that. Yeah, oh. not not even. But um, so what it was? So so, uh, so we're talking seventy nine. So the mod revival was in full swing. So, and you had all these people coming over from Liverpool, all these mods and punks and stuff coming over from Liverpool, all on this train. So the train gets into, I think it was like Queen's Ferry or some pretty shitty part of, of wales this was and uh there's always been long-standing problems between the the welsh and the scousers especially people from liverpool especially um and so we yep. got off the train There was probably like it seemed like hundreds of us getting off this train in north wales and we just felt like we owned. the i mean i don't know if you have ever been in a big crowd like that walking down the street to to get to the venue um but it felt like we owned the damn place it was an, an amazing feeling right um and um, we get there, and we get inside, and the Vapors opened up, who you might remember from the from the big single, Turning Japanese. Turning Japanese. Yeah. Yep. But they were a great band in their own right. Um, their first, they only had two albums, but their first album is an absolute classic, Stone Dead classic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they were fantastic. And, and then the jam came on, and the, the jam were always a fantastic live band. And I, like I say, Setting Suns was uh, my favorite album, and I uh, know they were just amazing. It was one of those nights, you know, everything came together, right? You know, you're 16 years old, you're in this big crowd, you feel like you've got a sense of belonging with all the people in this crowd, and uh, and also there was a, sh- a shit ton of fights as well, <laughs> which made it which made it even more interesting. Between why, the... why is
0: it why is the big rivalry between Liverpool and the people of w- is it like a soccer thing or what's the what's the
1: Partly, but partly because the disdain the scousers looked down on people from Wales. They got them sheep shaggers and stuff, and you know it was it was a, it was a city versus rural kind of thing. You know what I mean? Oh, all uh, Wales
0: were more of a, like a farming community. Well, kind. even
1: though again we're we're probably talking about thirty miles, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> something yeah. ridiculous. You know, completely made up uh, border lines. You know, but uh, but yeah, there was, it was a ton of crowds. It was one of those things where the whole crowd was you know you could just see the crowd swaying from side to side as these fights were starting and. Breaking Breaking up and shit like that. So it was just for sixteen-year-old, completely memorable night, you know, completely memorable. And so we got the train there, and then my dad picked us up after the show. And I was, was going like... to say because I
0: hear the horror stories about you know you English folks going to these shows, but the trains would stop at like ten.
1: Yes, yes, yeah, so you'd have to leave. And now, yeah, so. It was the same. It was the same venue that I went to see the Clash, um, and what I talked about in the, or one of the ah, venues okay. that I talked about in the last show. So uh, yeah, D-side Leisure Centre. But yeah, my dad picked us up after the show. I think it was me and Bugsy and uh, a couple of my other friends, and uh, we bought some merch. But uh, merch back then, because you didn't have any money, so buying T-shirts wasn't a big thing. So you'd buy badges because there would normally be a, t- a tour badge or, like, a yeah. badge that to commemorate the album or something. So you'd buy these little badges. Which would be, like,
0: a pound or something, not, like...
1: Yeah, like, probably 50p, something like that, yeah. Like, right um, now,
0: because you 25 even at a punk show to get a t-shirt right not a real punk show but like a big punk show.
1: so i mean yeah and they did have they did have the jam did have merch that have tour t-shirts and stuff like that but uh, you know we'd be talking about 10 pounds or something which was you know the gig to get in was probably three quid or something so that was that, that yeah. was a lot of money back then so um but anyway that's uh that was my J, and uh yeah still my favorite gig of all time so, so what do you,
0: what do you, what do you play? That's the, shit, that's the question of the I'm day, torn, right? I, I was, right? I was thinking to myself that you, I'm sure you played the jam before, but you actually have it. Huh? No, and
1: I have played the joy division song before. So I think I am actually going to play a jam song right now. I'm going to play, um going to go all the way back to 1977. This is the, uh, this is the Jam's second single all around the world. Let's Alright, that was All Around the World from The Jam, um, their second single. Obviously, in their very early years like that, they had a lot more punky vibe going to them, even though they always wore suits and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, later on, they got a little more soulful and, and stuff like that. But always a great band and always a fantastic live band. I know... I know Tom, you've never really got the whole jam thing and maybe it was no, very, very I like English. The real,
0: early, the real early single, you know, like this is the modern world and stuff yeah. like that. In the city, I can get into that in a little yeah. bit. But...
1: Well this actually this this what I just played is goes right between In the City and uh, This is the modern world.
0: When they added the horns and stuff, yeah, it wasn't for me. Yeah, yeah. So... But, you know I I've always been that, you know, I always there's no bra- there shouldn't be any brass in punk. I always <laughs> I mean, well, I'm coming around a little bit. I mean, I've, I've had to do some stuff where I've got kind of emerged in sky and stuff, and I sort of see the appeal of it. I mean, it doesn't... still doesn't do for me what the crunch of the electric guitar or the, you know... Well,
1: it's not, yeah. Does, I mean, but, I, I'm,
0: but, I, but you know, I, I can see how, like, it kind of lifts you up a little bit.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I guess, well, you've heard that. Sweet, but I'm, I'm
0: a person who, if I'm bummed out, I'll listen... I, I can listen to... Ang- if I'm angry, I can listen to angry music, and it makes me feel better. I don't need to listen to... The opposite you know
1: what i mean yeah no i yeah i know exactly what you mean but uh you got to admit, you know things like that suede head album i mean it really works you know when it works yeah, it when does. it's done it's, well it's, it works it's okay yeah
0: well like i said you know i made this joke and i don't remember if i made it on the when we were on the podcast or just when we were having a private conversation about how it's come to my attention that what i really need because like you know I, I i think i told you i put a puzzle together the other day you know wow. like out of boredom like i hadn't probably done a puzzle since like the early 80s right jigsaw
1: puzzles are fun man
0: well, I, I I guess I mean just listen fun. to some
1: music and just you know you don't think about anything else while you're doing it. I think that's the point. Well, right? I don't
0: know, if fun is I don't know, if fun is the right word, but but
1: <laughs>
0: you drink it while you do it. But it's come to my attention that I need more records that my wife likes.
1: Mm. Yeah, I get you that know completely. I mean? Yeah,
0: because it's like you know, so you can only listen to those Ramones albums so many times, and you See, so yeah, it's, you that's, know, Sweethead would probably fit that bill. I should yes. Add that
1: to the, yeah, you might get some romance, you never know.
0: Because I have those, you know, I have the 80s records that you mocked me for, the stuff that I grew up listening to, you know, Huey Lewis and Mike and the Mechanics. And crap like that.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: The Outfield and, you know, great 80s, uh, 80s rock stuff. But once again, I can only do that about every other album. I can't do that, you know, I can't do Huey Lewis and Mike and the Mechanics. Dude,
1: this, the, this is a complete aside, but okay, I was listening to the classic uh, Thin Lizzy uh, live album yesterday, Live and Dangerous. Okay. And uh, <clears throat> did Huey Lewis play harmonica? Yes. Because in "Live and Dangerous," in one of the songs, where there's a harmonica break, and this is that was recorded, I think, in '74, '75, right? Um, he goes on harmonica, Huey Lewis, and I was is... wondering, is that the same fucking Huey Lewis?
0: I bet, I, I bet you it is.
1: Huh. This is recorded in Australia, so I don't know if he was touring with Thin Lizzy, but I just maybe it was a complete coincidence, you know. But I just thought that was interesting. I read
0: this, uh, yeah, maybe they were opening. Who knows? I read this, uh, and I so rarely do this, but I actually read this deep dive article in Rolling Stone about Huey Lewis. He's like seven years old now, you know. He's an older guy, Um, but he lost his hearing or something. It was kind of sad, actually. So he can't tour. That, ex- he can't-
1: that explains a lot of that music in the eighties. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he lives in like a ranch <laughs> in like that. Montana or something.
1: He's,
0: <laughs> yeah. he's, he's an interesting dude. Huh. Um yeah, listen, it's not something it's not like my favorite music of all time. It's not something I can
1: No, but it's something you can I get it. It's something you can Let's play on the Saturday. Home, but, but it yeah, is
0: yeah. it is uh it is, you know, like my childhood childhood music. You know, that was radio music when I was a kid, and you know, you don't just Start off by buying Sex Pistols records. You 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 listen to what's on the radio. That's how you usually fall in love with music, right?
1: No, and I do get a little suspect. Actually,
0: brother, sis, you know, I don't have an older brother, so I, yeah. I you know, I had to find everything myself.
1: I do, I do get a little suspect of people who, if that's all they listen to, is punk rock, because then it's it, the whole thing is completely warped and kind of strange. You know, well, there's a whole like, world of music like, out there.
0: It's like the food palette. You have to. You can't eat things that are savory all the time without having something a little sweet to reset your palate, you know. Right. Or vice versa, you can't eat, eat sweet stuff all the time without having something salty to. So, so yeah, but but, it, but it's you know it's it's uh it it you know I was I was and once again I hate to do this it sounds like I'm name dropping and I won't even say who it was but I was interviewing somebody yesterday and they're known for making pretty heavy music.
1: You can name drop. It's fine.
0: Well, it was, it was a singer for Testament who's been in the news lately because he uh, had coronavirus, hmm. and he's recovered. They were on tour in Europe when all this stuff was going down, and it was it was interesting. It was kind of reassuring, too, because he had it, and it was just, you know, he's, he was sick, and it was bad, but it was like, you know, two weeks. It was like a flu for two weeks. So you could
1: was it check. hospital bad, or was he able oh, to recover by himself?
0: It's never had to be on a ventilator or
1: anything. Okay, good, good, good.
0: But but anyway, but I said, you know, so what are you listening to nowadays? It's like, you know what I'm listening to is stuff that, uh, like, brings me back to when, like, mom and dad were paying the bills and I was carefree. And he's mentioned, like, Thin Lizzy and, like, UFO and just, like.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Classic and, stuff. And I'm
0: like, you know, that's really, that makes sense, you know. The music that reminds you of the days before you had worries.
1: Yeah. That's, and maybe a, that's, that's a really good way of putting it, actually. Maybe that's Huey Lewis to me, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Or, I mean, your 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 Huey Lewis would to me would be like the sweet or mud or some of those bands I grew up, you know, with some of those
0: I'm afraid i have overstated the Huey Lewis thing. I mean, <laughs> <the Huey Lewis laughs> yeah. thing. we're I'm just sure. using him as an example of a whole genre. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> Absolutely not. Yes, Huey Lewis fan club. I I get it. I, um, I, I
0: would forget which of his albums is the best, or or something like that? But but yeah, it's uh, so.
1: So what was so? Getting,
0: I, I could have put him for an H or an yeah,
1: L. Yes, you could. See, so yeah, you could have been. Could have done that. So talking about getting back to that, what's your K?
0: K, you know, K's a tough one too, because uh, I really don't have a huge like punk rock K. My uh, my one of my more interesting the Ks neck. is probably <laughs> what <with, with> that. <laughs> I, I miss that.
1: The neck, my Corona. The no, neck. never mind. Oh. Hmm. Okay, go on.
0: A oh. local band one of my more interesting ones was you remember when kiss decided to put their makeup back on like 90... I
1: thank god i do not as a matter of fact 97 or 98 because like know.
0: kiss you know did the makeup and then they tried to become like a normal hard rock band and I
1: then they remember put the makeup that, yeah.
0: back on it was kind of a big deal
1: yeah
0: we went and saw that first tour when they put their makeup back on i remember my wife was very pregnant with our first child so that would have been end of 98 early 99 that was a quite a spectacle and I enjoyed it greatly. But my favorite K has got to be, and I would love to play a song by them, but they're not very available digitally, was actually a local band that we played with probably 20 times in the mid-90s. When you say we, who do you mean? Uh, it would have been my band. Uh, at the time, we were called Outlet. Okay, I know a ter- terrible name for a punk band because there were so many of them over the years. Mm-hmm. There was the Outlets in Boston and anyway – but, yeah, we were called Outlet at the time, and we, we played a lot of gigs with a local band called The Crabs, K-R-A-B-S. And uh, I'm still in touch with a couple of the guys from that, that band. Actually, all of them are still around in one way, shape, or form. But uh, they were if, – if Todd, who I, who was kind of the main guy in the band, ever gets it together and gets that stuff digitized, I would love to play a Crab song or two. As a matter of fact, his one of their songs, which was called Spirit of Youth, Mm-hmm. was the song that I would have loved to use for our theme song when we were trying to brainstorm about putting this show together, but I don't have a digitized version of it, so
1: oh well, yeah well if you can have a get together with those guys but, that uh, would be yeah
0: cool. so so yeah the crabs man they were they were they're my all time favorite grand rapids band okay um, they were <clears> one <throat> of those bands where and I'm sure you can relate to this playing with local bands or a local band that you saw many times over the years they always teetered between greatness and chaos mm-hmm so one show might be just amazing and the next one might not be that great, but it was still had this weird tension. And of course we were all drunk. Everybody was drunk all the time. Right. (laughs) So it all, so a lot of times it came down to the level of drunkenness or, or whatever, or the crowd or, but yeah, the crabs, man, I, I, they have, they put out two, two seven inch, uh, seven inch EPs, both of four songs. Uh, don't ask me what year, mid nineties. Uh, the first one was called Punk Croc, uh, P-U-N-K-C-R-O-C-K. Okay, and that's probably the better known of the two. And the second one was called Working Class, but they're both both great. Okay. So anyway, and they, and they did a demo tape, and I think they did a record like a whole album's worth of stuff that never got released. So I don't know how many Grand Rapids peeps listen, but I'm sure they all know what I'm talking about.
1: So. Yeah, we'd have to try and get them, see if we can get them stuff digitized, and we'll we'll yeah, play definitely. them. Yeah, that sounds good. Um, Mike K, Your, um, your uh, K. Yes. Killing Joke.
0: Man, I wish I, I wish I had a chance to see Killing Joke.
1: They actually, they actually toured here. Um, last year, I believe.
0: Yeah, no, they're still around. Yeah, they. Uh, st-
1: I mean, I don't know. I know Jazz is still in the band. Um, I don't know who else a is left. Of them, but I guess I'm not sure. The, cause I think the bass player died a few years ago.
0: The first couple albums I really like. Like I still listen to the first one. Or, or what's the second one? Nighttime.
1: No, um oh Jesus. Um Is it the third? One? Hold on a anyway, second. Anyway, I I I dig them. Yeah, so I saw th- I mean they were never my favorite band. I mean, and it's funny, right? Cuz they the second album was called What's This For. Um Yeah, so What Nighttime was like the fifth Nighttime? album. That was like the fifth album. Guy. Yeah. So was um really? Okay. Yeah. So um Let's see. Killing Joke. I saw them in probably, because I was a freshman in college in Manchester at the time, so that would have been 81. So, um, I probably saw them in 81. I saw them at a medium-sized club, probably, because they were big. I mean, in in the punk and the post-punk scene, they were a lot of those people's favorite bands. It was them and Bauhaus. Um, neck and neck, really, at the time. Um... But Killing Joke were a bit more punky than Bauhaus, so they got more of a, you know, some of the hardcore punks were into them, too. So I saw them, and I don't remember the name of the club, but um, you, you'll love this. Uh, the Liverpool band at the time, small band at the time, Dead or Alive. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, my, you've my, talked,
0: yeah. You've talked about having yeah, come across Pete Burns.
1: Yeah, my boy Pete Burns, Burns yeah. Pete, yeah. So I, I was a huge, de- back then, because Dead or Alive back then were like a goth kind of band they had a very door they had a they had a keyboard and they were very doorsy. it was obviously way before they went complete disco which was almost like a different band basically at that point but mm-hmm. uh yeah had whenever their
0: one their one big hit
1: yeah well they, they actually had a couple but uh, you spin well, me, and- spin me around was massive I was right. gonna say
0: stateside, I think that was the only true hit, wasn't it?
1: Um, I think they did have uh, brand new lover was another one they had that was uh, a yeah, It doesn't big hit at all. in the M T V days. I'm sure if you again, it,
0: I was pretty young. I mean I was maybe I was, you know, eight, nine, ten years old when they were
1: yeah making it. But this is eighty one, so they were still a lo- just a local Liverpool band at this point. I mean Pete Pete still worked at Probe Records, the punk rock record store. Um mm. so I went I mean I, I like Killing Joke, but uh, we were so spoiled for gigs back then that I certainly wouldn't have gone out of my way to see Killing Joke, but uh, because I was there for Dead or Alive, who were Hmm. fantastic. And in fact, I actually have, you know what? I actually have a live tape of that gig that I made myself.
0: No Um, kidding. Yeah. Uh, That's got us on tops. So,
1: (laughs) yeah. So, actually, I probably could tell you. It it wasn't Rafters. It was Rotters, maybe, something like that. But anyway, um, Dead or Alive were great, and Killing Joke uh, were good. I just remember they were extraordinarily loud. Hmm. That's one of the things I most remember about them. But if you know anything about Killing Joke at all, um you know, a lot of their songs have very basic structures with just repeated you know, repeated very lyrics. Abrasive, though. Yeah, too. very abrasive, yeah. Um so th- the loudest band I ever saw actually, it was probably a tie between Killing Joke or Sisters of Mercy. They were played huh. two of the loudest Boy, bands. Boy, another I gothy ever saw. Band, huh? Yeah. Um not Motorhead. No, well, I never saw Motorhead. Or as the Who Fact. Um, You never saw Motorhead? Never saw Motorhead, no. Well, I told you it was never really a metal guy. Even though I do appreciate Motorhead more now than I did back then, but at you the time, you never
0: having seen Motorhead is much more disgraceful than me having Huey Lewis
1: records. I don't know about that, mate. I did, I did <laughs> see a lot of a lot of pretty fucking good bands. <laughs> so that's true. Like I, mean, I said, I, I
0: get that. It's just it is odd because there's a few of those for me too. I know we've talked about the years. Like I've never seen MDC, which you know they toured relentlessly. How did I never see MDC? You know,
1: well, yeah, it was, probably, it was probably one of those things that back then there was so many gigs. Yeah. That, you know, if you could go see one in a week, that would that wouldn't ever be the top of the list. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. So it would never. No, have I get made that. It. So, uh, yeah, I remember that when we used to be able to go to gigs and we'd actually yeah, have to. I remember I gigs. Swear it was only like six <laughs> weeks ago, we were like, "Oh man, which ones am I going to go to? Which ones am I going to skip?" Now it's like yeah. I'd go to the worst one that I yeah. was going to skip. I'd die to go to.
1: Exactly. But so anyway, you're so gonna play, you're gonna play
0: a Killing Joke song? Yeah, or? I'm
1: gonna play. Um, I'm gonna play a song called "The Weight" off their off their first album. Okay,
0: let me let me let me interject here real quick yes, before sir. we move on because. You you're not going to like this one bit, but you know why I'm aware of Killing Joke?
1: Um
0: or where I first came across Killing Joke?
1: I do not know. A so video game or something.
0: In 87,
1: I think. Mm-hmm.
0: Metallica did an album called Garage Days Re-revisited. Are you familiar with this album at all?
1: It's all covers, right?
0: It's all covers. Yep. I mean, they famously do um Last Caress, they do a medley of Last Caress and Green Hell. Okay. Metallica were great for helping revive the careers of old punk rockers. You know, I think even that Annie Scene, or not Annie Scene, the Annie Norley documentary.
1: That's right. Yeah, that's right. Animal acknowledges
0: yes. the fact that when Metallica covered So What, that was what essentially got enough interest in the band to get them back together.
1: That's right. I remember that. In fact, because he it was, was huge. He was on stage and I remember him, wasn't Metallica
0: he? covering So What, and it was like, wow, this is an amazing song. I had never heard it, had no idea who Annie, Annie Norley was.
1: Mm hmm. And then you heard the and, lyrics, and, and, and we're honestly, disgusted.
0: Slayer Slayer <laughs> did an album called uh, uh, Undis- "Undisputed Attitude," and did the same thing. And I discovered a couple of bands because Slayer covered them, including Verbal Abuse, who I love now.
1: Oh, didn't, didn't Guns N' Roses do the same thing too? Uh,
0: that was, I think, a cover album of just all kinds of covers. But I know they did a UK sub song. and you know? Right.
1: They did, It was called, was a Spaghetti Incident spaghetti or something incident, like that? You know? yeah. Was, yeah. You know,
0: what's funny because I never bought it when it came out. I was like, oh, this is crap. I'm not buying it. But now I wish I had a copy of it. It's out of print. <laughs> oh,
1: okay. Interesting. Because <laughs>
0: like they beat up CD goes for like 10 bucks now. So which... But anyway, it doesn't so... matter. They used to be, and as opposed to like 20 years ago when they would be just in the used CD bin, they'd be piled up in the $2 bin, you know?
1: So which Killing Joke song did they cover?
0: they covered the weight
1: okay all right see that's interesting because when i saw a naked ray gun um at motoblot about four years ago now they actually covered the weight and uh and i think i was the only person in the crowd who knew it Mm. and i started chicken dancing around and my daughter and her friend who lydia at that time would have been 15 or whatever it was they were they were mortified they were embarrassed as hell because i'm like bumping into people and like smacking people around and shit but I would I went absolutely mental because I absolutely love that song you know
0: know, I'm a a big I'm a big fan of early Metallica I've never never uh, I'm not even slightly ashamed of it I have all the early albums on vinyl and stuff and I just I I I, matter of fact some of those early albums I have three or four different copies of around here Hmm. um and I've seen them a bunch of times they were so great they're not my M but they really were maybe one of the best live shows of the early 90s, late 80s. They were so good, put on such a good show. And they're not as good now. And the last time I saw them was actually like 10 years ago, which is hard to believe. But they played The Weight, and it was the only time I'd ever seen them. So when you see a band play a bunch of times, you sort of live for those moments where they play a song that you haven't heard them play before. You know.
1: So did you go crazy and start doing the chicken dance and uh, no, embarrass your think. kids I, too? I think, no. I don't think did that, no. Oh, okay.
0: We were in seats, for one thing, because it was in ah. a huge... A huge, you know, hockey. So anyway, I'm sorry, man. I totally. That's
1: totally all right. That's all right. This
0: thing. You know, I, you, like I said, you know, however, however long this takes us to get through these letters, right? What, what else are you people doing, right?
1: Exactly. So anyway, so I'm going to play uh, the wait by killing joke. So I'm sure you all enjoyed that and you probably saw from the beginning of that with the uh the drum beat and stuff uh why exactly I got so fired up when I heard that completely unexpectedly in a Naked Ray Gun set. So again that was the wait by Killing Joke off their first album from 1980. So uh so yeah so that's K. So uh I've done a, a lot of talking. Do you want to talk about L? Do you want to talk about your L?
0: So I think I'm gonna play the l song right, yes. so why don't you talk about your l? you didn't have a good l if I remember right, or I can't remember
1: um my l is okay, but it's not uh you know it's probably not as not as good as yours um my l is the Lurkers, who they well, were that's one of the, pretty cool they were one of those British bands from the uh from the original punk rock explosion who are not one of the more well known or um not one of the more well liked because they weren't exactly treading uh, their own ground. They did a very—they were like known as the English Ramones basically at one point, because um, hmm. you know um, the first album Fulham Fallout, great album. Um, but yeah, they did have a very Ramonesy type sound, and they weren't really doing anything that was. Knew they were just—they were just good. They were melodic. They were funny. They had a lot of funny lyrics and stuff like that. Um, and like I say, their album Fulham Fallout from '78 is is pretty classic. Um, I saw them at a sm- very small club in Manchester, probably only held about two hundred people, uh, and it was right before they broke up. I probably saw mm-hmm. them like a week or two before they broke up, so it it really wasn't uh, it it wasn't great. But I'm glad that I I'm glad that I that I saw them. So uh, one day we'll play a Lurker song, but but not right now.
0: What, see, this the Lurkers are one of those bands that are on my list of bands I need to check out. I do not know a single song by them.
1: Uh, yeah, that probably... I've literally
0: never listened to them, and I, you know.
1: I mean, you you might you might have heard um, a couple of their more famous ones, maybe on a punk compilation or something. Like "Ain't Got a Clue" is one of their most famous ones. You know, I'm not a shadow. Compl- you're not.
0: You you hate those like albums where they take all the band's recordings and put it on a single CD. I am not a compilation album guy.
1: Oh, see, that's interesting. Okay, that's
0: not something I've gotten into. You know, they were huge when I was younger and going to the first couple Warp tours and stuff. Those albums were huge, and I meet so many people who like the Fat Records Sampler was like their like touchstone to punk or something right. i was like oh they gave me those for free and i just they them on the shelf and i still have a lot of them I should yeah send I, them out.
1: just i know for a lot of people that you know that may may not know a lot about first wave british punk and stuff yeah. there's a there's a couple of compilations that are fantastic that basically bring together a lot of the the, the best singles you know, from, from a lot those... of those early bands
0: those do look pretty cool cuz I see there's this there was a series called 45 or punk 45 or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. What you that mean. does a yeah. good job of like compiling cities like a Cleveland. Like oh, they might be cool, you know what mm-hmm. I I guess the problem is, you know, in my era it was like a promotional tool. You know, they weren't really curated. They were just like to for labels to show off their bands or whatever, so I mm-hmm. kind of have a different attitude about it. But like I said, a lot of people who are only a couple years younger than me love those albums, but you know, they probably gave away a couple million of them or something they're very, or a million of them or whatever. They're very, they were very widespread, you know?
2: Yeah.
1: Or and they so...
0: were either really cheap or they were free.
1: On some of those compilation albums, the reason they were so popular, especially of some of those uh, lesser-known British uh, punk bands from the time, is because, you know, they might have put out a couple of singles on a small label, which is very, very difficult to find, especially pre-internet, right? So the compilation might be the only time you might be able to actually hear that song or own that song kind of thing. So I think that's why some of those compilations uh, were popular.
0: And and, and I don't dislike all compilations. You know, there's like the... You know, there's like, like Discord did a few over the years where they do like an LP of the of you know, like six singles Mm
2: -hmm. or whatever.
0: And they put them on an LP and and those are actually pretty cool. So, it's just, yeah, like I said, I'm kind of tainted by, I think, by like the fat ones that were all all the rage in the 90s. Yeah. So I, I think the, if I think
1: if you heard loved. the Lurkers, actually, because again, they're very Ramonesy, y uh, you might like them. They're kind of mid-paced. Mm. So Ain't Got a Clue or um, Shadow or I'm on Heat would probably be the three most famous songs. And uh, maybe I'll send you the MP3s sometime and you can give them a quick listen. so You, can you know, I love what MP3s. Like. Yeah. So anyway, what's your, what's your L?
0: Well, so my L is not amazing either other than the fact that I always loved this band and I never really thought I'd get much of a chance to see them. It's the Lillingtons, which is a, is important for a couple of reasons, Neil, because as long we've known each other for a couple of years now and that's the actually the only show we've ever been able to go to together.
1: Together, yeah, you're right. Despite right.
0: our best-laid plans to go to several. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, if, yeah, if, even though we would have seen each other last weekend or something, wouldn't we? Yeah, we, we that... were supposed to hang out last weekend, yeah,
0: and uh, yeah. I was just thinking about that. I'm actually supposed to be on spring break. This is spring break week that just happened for my kids. I was supposed to be out of town, and I was supposed to see the sub uh, Subhumans last, this well, Thursday. I was supposed last to night, I,
1: I was supposed to see the Subhumans last night. Okay. Yeah, and, oh, well. yeah,
0: and I was supposed to see Sloppy twice, and uh, I think next week would have been the Teenage Bottle Rocket. Yep. And it's funny because a lot of these things, they're still in limbo. Like, like they haven't canceled the Teenage Mutter Rocket. I haven't No, I mean, it, says, I'm not gonna,
1: it says it's going to be rescheduled. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And and we'll see because I read this depressing thing, and this was a metal thing. And I, I don't think this applies to the smaller touring bands. I think what they were talking about is the big, big tours. But they they were saying that some people think that regular touring is not going to get back till 2021. 20, hmm. Which is incredibly depressing, but I mean, I, I like I said, that's one thing for Metallica or Slipknot or something, but but you know, the band playing at Reggie's or the band playing at the Pyramid Scheme, I, I, I can't imagine that is going to be as disrupted as Live Nation or whatever. Which I, who could really give a crap about Live Nation anyway, right?
1: Yeah, um, yeah, definitely, hundred percent on that one. But especially international touring bands, you can see yeah, that you can that's see that's that being be a huge problem.
0: Oh, the GBH thing is of all these things, the G B H thing might be one of my biggest bummers. GBH
1: for you and the meteors for me. Yeah, because I might never yeah.
0: get enough. But you've seen the meteors. I've never seen GBH and I don't know if I'll I don't know. Hopefully they can reschedule for next year or the fall or something. Yeah. Um because yeah, a lot of these, things, well, we'll reschedule for June. Well, June is looking like it might be a little tricky too, so Yeah. I guess we'll I guess we'll see what happens. But you know, so the Lillingtons. We're from Wyoming, of all places, right? Not exactly. A, yeah, yeah. Not Wyoming. an easy place to be a band, even though I think they were not that far across the border of Colorado because they seem to play in Colorado a lot. Um, so they played for a while, and they split up.
1: at least one Without, classic, one, one of the most classic pop-punk albums yep. of all time. The Death right? by
0: Television album was on a label originally called Panic Button Records. You know anything about Panic Button Records? You know. Do not. Okay, so that was the label started by Ben, Ben Weasel and Jughead from screeching weasel. Okay. And they don't put anything out anymore, but I know those two are still the, they were the owners of the, of panic button records. So red scare put it out later. The, you know, the version you can get right now is on red scare. Mm-hmm. Um, shout out to our man Cole, who was on with us not that long ago and the lippies yep. on red, on red scare. Um, so, uh, Anyway, I totally lost my train of thought. Oh, for their point, they played for a long time. Then they, they split up or quit playing. And then eventually, Cody.
1: Who was who also was, in Teenage Bottle who Rocket. Who was the
0: singer. Well, he joined Teenage Bottle Rocket. Because yeah. the original Teenage Bottle Rocket records, the first two records, I think, were as either a three-piece with just Ray singing.
2: Okay. I don't
0: know if you got those real early ones. Those ones, on Re- they were on Red Scare also. Uh, The real early Teenage Bottle Rocket albums, yeah, only uh, didn't have Cody on them yet. So or now you didn't. listen to each bottle gets every other song. Ray sings the first one. Cody sings the next one. They bounce back and forth. Um, but, yeah, so they start doing that. And, and I never thought I'd get a chance to see the Lillingtons. And then Riot Fest, for all their foibles, was, has been pretty good over the years about paying bands enough money and flying people in to have reunions. So the first time I saw the Lillingtons was actually at Riot Fest. And uh, it was really good, as you can imagine, even though they were playing for, you know, 10,000 people or whatever. In a field. Yeah, And then uh, they managed to get together somewhat, and there was one year where, our, you know, I'm, I'm a sloppy seconds devotee, you know that, this is not a secret also, but my, my, Scott, uh, my buddy Scott and I usually try to go two, three shows a year when they tour within driving distance, you know, but one year they were going to be on the West Coast, so we actually did the same thing with the Lillingtons, and we saw them in Fort Wayne and Chicago and... I've seen them in Grand Rapids now. And I've seen I've seen them a few times over the over the years now. So it's actually one of those bands you I never thought I'd get to see, but now I've seen them quite a few times, and then you and I saw them last, last summer, right? Last yeah. August? Yeah. Was
1: that twenty yeah. nineteen? That was two thousand and nine yeah, it had to be two thousand and nine. Oh my god. Two thousand nineteen, yeah, yeah.
0: It was just yeah, last, last August or something, right?
1: Yeah. August September, something like that. Yeah. The
0: years kind of blend together. So I've managed to see them a bunch of times actually, and uh great, great band. Um so Anyway, I don't know. I was a rambling our all our stories are very <laughs> rambling today. Well, um
1: yeah, when we saw them together, that was they were doing their um Death, yeah, by, the television Death by Television album. Television, no, the classic yeah, album, yeah, nineteen ninety nine I think. Yeah. Which, you know, their later stuff, I mean the still recording albums and stuff, and the last uh, one they've gone in a they've gone in a different I mean, sonically they're not too different, but lyrically and stuff, they've gone in a completely different direction than uh Death by Television where not they were just kind of goofy. You know,
0: even sonically it had a, like a lot of thrash elements and even though it's still kind of pop punkish well you know once again I'm, I'm name dropping you I'm gonna name drop here and I'm, I interviewed Cody a while back a few years ago
2: mm-hmm.
0: well no it wasn't a few years ago it was when they were promoting the Stella Sapien album their last full length album and it definitely sounded to me like this was not a guy who listens to a lot of pop punk at all
1: well exactly yeah
0: I mean he's a metalhead, and yep and so you know this was you know metal filtered the last album was essentially metal filtered through pop punk yeah or I... pop filtered through metal or whatever and i know you and i had very different feelings about it cuz i really liked the record and you did not
1: it was all right it, it's all right it, i mean which, but... which kind of makes
0: sense because you know i'm more open to metal and and embrace a lot of it and you don't so i mean it, you know it's um
1: it's just yeah. when you say Lillingtons, you imagine Death by Television. That's what you imagine. So yeah. when you go and they're all like dressed in black with these weird symbols and stuff, and you've got no I- white, with <laughs> no idea where this fuck is coming from. No, it's like a, it's like a pyramid or something. on the stage, yeah. And and then they got that little guitarist who looks like he he, he got lost on the way to a, a Van Halen concert or something like that. You know the guy's flying V guitar. He's playing a flying V. Yeah, it was, it was very strange. Um, like the Shanker brothers or something, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <It's, laughs> MSG. That little, yeah.
0: that little guitar player. He's a he's an Italian guy from New York, and he's a super nice guy. When we were in Fort Wayne, it was a we saw them play at a real small club, and they were hanging out. and I talked to him for the longest time. He's about my age. Real good, real good dude, actually. He's really like a like a stereotypically like y Italian
1: looking. He certainly guy. Is. he certainly is. Yeah, the long <laughs> black curly super, hair. He's about five foot two. Dude. Yeah.
0: I guess they're all really nice. Like I don't know the rest of them. I, I talked to the drummer real briefly, and like I said, I've talked to Cody a couple of times, but um, anyway. Anyway, yeah. all
1: the, all that being said, as much as you like oh, last album, the last album, what song are you song gonna play?
0: <laughs> let's do. <laughs> let's do. Uh, I need brain damage off of the classic. uh, Death Death by television.
1: Yeah. There you go. I Need Brain Damage, which is a fantastically funny song by the Lillingtons. Oh, my God. I love that album so much. And it's funny. It's
0: such, I d- and it's such a stark contrast after Killing Joke, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Very much so. Um, the Lillingtons,
0: I think, are a good, like, entry-level band. Like, if you're not really into punk rock, like, that's a good place to start, you know? Like the Ramones themselves, you know? It's a good place to start and get into some stuff. Well, there's no, you, I mean, there's no.
1: there's not a single bad song on that album. That album is yeah. fantastic from start to finish.
0: Yep. Yep. I mean, Death it's
1: a half hour long. Death by television. What year did that come out?
0: I think 99. So it was like late late 90s. So okay. Someone somewhere is screaming at me if I'm wrong right yeah, now.
1: Yeah. I actually don't have it on vinyl. I know it was reissued and it was reissued. It's yep, a picture I, disc I or something. Actually, but...
0: So I went to last year, um, I've gone two of the three. I've gone to this wonderful little festival in Milwaukee called Dummerfest, which is a play on Summerfest, which is their big festival they have there where they have all the huge bands play outside.
1: Yeah, right. oh, yeah, no, I know some of it.
0: I haven't seen anything about Dumberfest. My fear is that it's probably in serious jeopardy this year.
1: When normally is it? Uh, June. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, that's and, right. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Because you couldn't go to MotoBlot because you were going yes. to Dumberfest well, last year. the scary
2: year. thing
0: yeah. is, so this, so the venue it's at in Milwaukee. I'm going to give it a shout. I hope we have. I don't know if we have any people in Wisconsin. I know we have a couple in Wisconsin. I don't know if we have any in Milwaukee, but it's at a place. That's currently that's now called the X Ray Arcade. It was called the Metal Grill the first time we went, but it's owned by punks. It's owned by uh, our friend the Eradicator is one of the owners. Um, the uh, singer, main singer from uh, Direct Hit, is one of the owners.
2: Okay.
0: So it's a punk-owned venue, but they just bought it. Now all this crap is going on. So you fear for you know the the ones that have been more established. You kind of figure are going to have better luck at riding this out. Right. I think the guy that owns Reggie's has a couple bucks. I think he'll probably be all right. Right, but you know, like ray Arcade. I'm like, oh man, I would hate for that place to go away because it's such a wonderful venue. It's just a great, a great place. So listen, anybody in Wisconsin or whatever, go buy a T-shirt from them or support the X-Ray Arcade. It's a great place. I'd hate to, hate to lose it. So
1: yeah, because anyway, so, some places are you know doing carry out food and shit like that, right? So they can at least make some I money think
0: that's during a fraction this fraction of because the booze is the big, yeah. big dollar, and I don't think. Uh, I don't think X Ray did food, unfortunately. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's a drag. Um, but, uh, but anyway, the, so I actually that last year when we were there, the Lippies were maybe the second or third or last band, of, maybe the second or last band to play. Lippies were one of the bigger names at the at the festival last year. And uh, our man Toby from Red Scare actually was there selling records, so I actually bought the repress from him. From oh, his, that's cool. From his merch. From his merch box, yeah. So the, yeah, I had it on CD, of course, and then I had to buy the. Wasn't the picture funny. disc?
1: Was it? Was was the picture disc one?
0: No, I I did not buy the picture
1: okay, disc one. Okay,
0: okay. It's funny. My pal Scott was with me, of course, um, and he also bought it, and he doesn't have a record player.
2: Yeah.
0: But it's funny. I'm trying to talk him into it. He's got like a. He he does two jobs and he's too busy right now. But I know he wants to slow his life down a little bit. I'm like, ah, you're gonna get into records, dude. That's the greatest. You yourself a turntable. It's the most therapeutic thing there is. You know.
1: Yeah. No shit.
0: Yeah. Right there. Rest was digging through the boxes. Yeah. So anyway, that was L.
1: That was now, L. Yeah.
0: Ooh, M. M is one of the worst letters. There are so many good M bands, aren't there?
1: Uh, there are a lot.
0: M uh, and S I found to be the probably the hardest.
1: M, S, and T for me. Yeah. T I was, especially,
0: I didn't think T was as bad, but so I'm so I'm gonna play the M song, right? Or no, you?
1: I'm playing the M song. So, okay. so okay. who who was your M band, matey?
0: Ah, uh, so you know, gosh, there's so many. Like I said, Metallica was so good back in the day. Ministry was so good back in the day. So exciting when I first started getting into them. Um, I saw crappy versions of the Misfits. You know, so many. I man, I'm sure I'm missing many more than that. But the one I, I'm actually gonna choose Motorhead.
1: Okay, that makes sense.
0: Um, mostly to rub it in because you've never seen them. No, actually, that's <laughs> not the reason. Motorhead is such an interesting band, right? Like, towards the end of their career, kind of like the Ramones themselves, they, they started getting more love. Like, people started recognizing Motorhead right, as being important. And they're one of those bands. Like, if they were playing a Riot Fest, they would draw 50,000 people to a field. Everybody loved to talk about Motorhead. Everybody you know, when Lemmy died, you think it was freaking John Lennon or something, right? Right. Well, Everybody's yeah. newsfeed. Meanwhile, Motorhead was not that big. When Motorhead toured, even at the end, they were playing fifteen hundred seaters. Right. You'd think they were playing hockey rinks or football fields from the amount of people that paid lip service to this band. You well, know?
1: Exa- exactly like the Ramones. Exactly like yeah, the Ramones. Yeah.
0: So it always irritated me. But so I actually saw them in the mid nineties. They had really fallen on hard times. Hmm. Motorhead was not very popular. So <laughs> there was this venue in, in Grand Rapids and it was attached to a bowling alley. And I saw Motorhead play at this venue. It was called The Rocker. And it had that tacky carpet like you'd expect at like a bowling alley. I mean, it was a good size hall, but it probably maybe 500 people.
1: Okay. Only 500? 500.
0: I bet you there was three hundred people there, Neil. It oh was amazing.
1: Oh, God, that's crazy, man.
0: This would have been, like I said, mm. early nineties, mid nineties. Motorhead, like I said, at Motorhead for all the attention they get, they were not that big, um, at least as a draw on their own. But you know, if they could headline Coachella, but they could not fill a small theater. You know,
1: that's real. That that is a really interesting concept because, like, like it like, is. It's like we just said, because the I mean, the Ramones, the, the Ramones were the same way. I mean, the Ramones. Yeah. Um, everybody knows them, everybody likes to talk about them and stuff, but you know, even towards the end they were touring yeah, they were theaters. Yeah, they'd play they'd, they'd play, play the, the Oregon or something like that with social distortion or something and you know, yep. it wouldn't even sell out, you know. Yep.
0: No, I know, I know it. And it always sort of made me mental. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, like I said, especially when like Lemmy died, everybody's like, Oh, Lemmy, Lemmy's such a big influence. Well, why don't you go see him then?
1: Right. Yeah. Oh, you'll Why see. You
0: by the records? This guy was not a wealthy man when he died. I mean, I mean, I don't think he was broke, but
1: oh, you'll see. Everybody with Ramones shirts on, I mean, exactly the same thing, right? It was like, where the fuck were you guys when people oh. when the band needed <laughs> needed people coming out to see but them? But have
0: and... you ever seen like the footage from like when the Ramones played the U.S. Fest?
1: Uh, and they're much... playing
0: for like two hundred thousand people or something. It's amazing.
1: Yeah. Wow.
0: Like early '80s. But anyway. Yeah. Doesn't matter. So so I saw Motorhead play at this freaking bowling alley venue, right? The Rocker, where mm-hmm. my bands played. I mean, I saw a few shows there over the years, saw all, like the Descendants, yeah, later yep. Descendants. Yep. But um, it was so funny. So L- Lemmy really was the man, right? So we're standing there, there's maybe 300 people in this freaking bowling alley with this plush, ugly neon carpet or whatever, watching, watching Motorhead play. And Lemmy, at one point, greatest. Communicator of all time. He looks out in the crowd and he's like, This is the point in the show where you put your girlfriends on your shoulders and they show me their tits. <laughs> and then he deadpanned, You do like girls, don't you? <laughs> and of course, it's literally ninety nine percent guys there, right? Yeah, yeah. And it was just amazing. This is this guy was, you know, he was fifty five years old at the time or whatever, fifty, you know, he wasn't,
1: wasn't <laughs> young, know. right.
0: Wasn't young. And he just emasculated like an entire room full of guys. I always love I always love that story. So anyway, yeah. See a motorhead at a bowling alley. That's pretty
1: cool. Which amazing. is now like
0: an RV dealership or something. Yeah. So yeah. Well, that's a good one. It was, it was cool. It was cool, man. I I I still like the band and I think even till the end the records were pretty good. I mean they were never you know, they never made a perfect record, but considering the longevity of the band, they were consistently good. And even, like I said, the last album right before he died, even was pretty good, so.
1: Well, again, mu- again, much like the Ramones, right? They kept doing the same thing over let and over t-
0: again. Yeah. Let, let me literally came off tour a few days before he died. Yeah. And he was having trouble. He was having breathing trouble. I mean, it was not going well. There was He was constantly in the news that he was cutting shows Sick, short and yeah. stuff like that. But.
1: Yeah.
0: Just came home and died.
1: Well... So my M is the is the Meteors, um, yeah. the infamous actually the first uh, the first psychobilly band really. I mean, some people like to say the Cramps were, but the Meteors are the ones who uh, who coined the phrase, and they were like really the first ones doing that where they were singing about. Satanism and shit like that and dark stuff rather than serial killers and stuff like that rather than, you know, other what are the Rockabilly... I mean, the Rockabilly revival had been going on for a while in England, but uh, that was all very neo-traditional 50s stuff. Which is weird when you got, like, English guys singing about very Americanized things, right? Um, Mm. it, it It never seemed really that authentic even though there were some good bands came out of that. Like, the Stray Cats seemed authentic whereas, like, the Pole Cats didn't um but the meteors because so, it was
0: so americana
1: right exactly exactly yeah it was a time and place that was very specific right so um but the meteors took it differently the meteors took he people who is the singer and guitar and guitar player and uh the guy who writes all the songs he'd come from the rockabilly background but then he was influenced by punk a lot so he started putting a different spin on the whole thing by playing faster and uh you know, having completely different things they were singing about they'd start singing about monsters and psychos and you know this that and the other so and then they had this completely manic crowd that used to follow them around everywhere and uh they like super extended flat top haircuts that then became you know synonymous with Psychobilly. I mean the meteors started that whole thing as well so um
0: so they did they predate the stray cats then or no
1: um no, they didn't predate... Of course, the, the... Streetcats were not Psychobilly. They were no, just straight, the, they're, straight, they're just straight-ed Rockabilly. Very, very traditional style of Rockabilly. So I think their first single in England was like in 79 or something like that. And I think people was already in a Rockabilly band at that point, but the Psychobilly thing didn't start till like 1980, 1981, something like that. Um, actually, 80, because I saw them in 81 um, when I was a... When I was a freshman in in Manchester at University of Manchester, and I saw them, probably about because th- he used to tour constantly, so I saw them saw them probably like three or four times between eighty one and eighty two, and uh, that's why I was so excited about them coming this summer to the states because they hardly ever tour the states, and uh, I hadn't seen them in what's that eighteen maybe, maybe it's better that way almost forty years
0: those. maybe it's better that way you can keep those old memories without having to see him as old geezers yeah maybe
1: um now it, he's like the only original member of the band still sure so he we, so we has younger guys playing you know it's always a three being a three-piece basically um you know one guy playing stand-up and another guy playing the drums so he has younger guys playing with him but he's still doing all that all that shit you know
0: um you'll know he's really getting old when he brings an extra guitar player along
1: right right <laughs> Right, I don't think he would though. He he actually owns like a studio and stuff, and records other bands. I think he's relatively well. He's, he is well known. I know that, and uh, yes. well well thought of, especially in that in rockabilly kind of guitar playing circles, that kind of thing. So, um, but anyway, those early gigs in Manchester, uh they played at a small club called the Gallery, um, which probably held hundred fifty people, maybe something like that. And then when the Meteors came to town, that place would be. Can swing swinging um in a good way and in a bad way because you know england has always been you know it's very regionalized and very uh youth cultures right so the whole psychability thing not how they all had the same you know they all had different haircuts so even though musically it might not sound that different to some of the punk stuff you know the fans looked completely different they had like the flat tops and they dress in, you know, the obviously band t-shirts, but they might wear, you know, 50s style um letterman jackets or something like that rather than leather jackets or rather than, you know, denim or whatever. But anyway, it had a whole different look, basically, is what I'm trying to get to, huh. trying to get at. So... Everybody would come to the Meteors because they were the most well known, even though there was other bands like King Kurt and Iguana Bats and stuff who were doing it too. I mean, the whole thing built around After the Meteors started it, a whole scene built around that. um But anyway, because they were from London, whenever they come up to Manchester, there'd always be a shit ton of trouble. So, much like that jam story <laughs> I was telling you before, that was a little different because that might have been, that was like a an arena that held like 2,000, so the violence wasn't immediate and in your face, but at a small club like this, which is like 100, 150, the violence was right there, and, um, as I, and again, it was between the London crew and the Manchester crew, I mean, that's basically what it, what it was, a lot of it was football related, or, you know, there might be some punks there trying to start trouble with the psychobillies or whatever it was, you know, um, as I was wont to do in those days, I would bring, you know, remember the old little tape recorders? This might have even been before your time because you're, you're 10 years on than me. But you'd have like the little um, like handheld type tape recorder sure. with like piano key buttons kind of thing and with a little microphone or whatever. It might have a built-in Oh, you're mic. talking the
0: bigger ones. I was thinking yeah. because like by the time I came around, you, it was like the size of a Walkman. No. You're talking like the, bigger the ones, ones that's yeah. like the size of a piece of paper almost. or yeah,
1: like Exactly. Eight and a half by 11 kind of thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I
0: remember those. Definitely have one speaker mono.
1: Yep. So I take those to gigs. So I was telling you, I take. I cannot it. believe they would let you in with that. They didn't care, especially a small club at the gallery; like they, they couldn't have cared less. So,
0: guys, those, those tapes must sound so bad.
1: Well, this one is absolutely amazing because really, this one I had my friend because it was a in the gallery there was like a balcony. So it's just up regular above. cassettes,
0: right? I mean, Spo- just Victorian regular cassettes,
1: regular cassette.
0: Yep, regular yeah. cassettes. So TDK D ninety or whatever.
1: Exactly, yeah, that's exactly what I got actually. Um, so I had my friend call; he was up in the balcony. Uh, with the tape recorder, well, I went down on the floor because I wanted to. I wanted to bop around, right? Um, so about three songs into the set, this huge fucking fight starts, and the gallery is. I mean, the place is tiny, so people start at the back start throwing bottles, and bottles are hitting the drum kit. So you can hear on the tape recorder, you can hear you can hear the the uh, glass breaking on the cymbals, um, of the drum kit, and. Uh, P. paul the singer was not one to back down so he takes his guitar he had to, he used to play a flying v which was funny um wow he, that's he, not very rockabilly he takes that off and uh he goes behind his uh his marshall's not marshall stack but his amp and he pulls out a fucking baseball bat and he wades into the crowd <laughs> and uh it, it's a fucking mental scene and i've got all this on tape you know and uh the drummer starts like beating a beat to try and to try and get everyone to calm down and stuff and then people gets back behind the mic and is trying to uh talk everybody down is and,
0: there any security at this place
1: no none and none if there way. was if there was like one guy he he liked it at that point he was, <laughs> he, he was obviously was have anything to do with this so um you know people's trying to trying to get some calm and stuff like that and uh but you can still hear you can still hear the bottles hitting the drum kit and at one point people yells you you can't!" and he's looking right at me well it must have been a guy behind me who must have been throwing the bottles and now I'm like hey I've got nothing to do with this would be honored Cause... if
0: you to crack you upside the skull with your baseball yeah, his bat. baseball
1: bat so um
0: that's the only way the story could be any better Neals, if he could whack you
1: well I, I took off up the stairs then to... <laughs> back to my tape recorder right I didn't want any part of this
0: do you... we've talked about this do you have a tape player anymore
1: uh I do it's not hooked up <laughs>
0: Because I don't even have
1: one. So it's annoying. I have this amazing live recording that uh, the Meteors would actually probably love to get a hold of this right now. They would probably love to put it out. Dude, which... we got to
0: bootleg this thing on vinyl.
1: It's, seriously, i got to get this out. Yeah, maybe if uh, maybe if a friend Matt can figure out a way for me to get this Meteor's cassette <laughs> on vinyl. This oh, he can figure is... out
0: a way for you. Just pay a whole ton of money and somebody will press it for us. Because this,
1: this thing is gold. I mean, this thing is gold. Um, but anyway, they... They plugged back in again, peace reigned, and they continued their set and, and finished off. So, uh, so yeah. So And, uh, yeah, the Meteors, they're, they're fans. So they used to have people used to follow them from London all over the place, who kind of became, actually, they became like the pseudo-bouncers. They became the pseudo-security, and they were called the Wrecking Crew, um, also known as the Cattle with a K. Uh, so the Meteor's huh. Cattle, so you'll hear them talking about that, too. So um, the song I'm going to play is actually called Wrecking Crew. Which is their, the Meteors song about their, you know, t- half about these people that used to follow them around. So this is uh, Wrecking Crew by the Meteors. When well,
3: it's nighttime in the city. We're all going out to play. Yeah, there ain't no fucking captains. Stop them. way. we're going to do just what we want to do. Get out of the way with a wrecking crew, guys. The Wrecking Crew Yeah, we're the Wrecking Crew crew include-
1: Alright. Wrecking Crew by the Meteors, which actually that's ties be, a little be confused bit confused with the Wrecking Crew by the Adolescent. Yeah, right? which we played on number on number twenty seven, which was uh Tom's first song. Uh but obviously a very, very different song. So uh mm. so there you go. So that was my M story. So Huh. Um, do you wanna do you wanna wait
0: well, we are I tell you what, man, our stories are going really, really long tonight. I mean, I think this guarantees that this is at least four parts.
1: Yeah, I think so too, because I think should we do N and then just end it?
0: Yeah, I think maybe that would be the way to go.
1: Okay. So, uh. What's, what's your aunt, Neil? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I'm tired out from talking. Um. My aunt, uh. Naked Dragon. Ah, yes. So, I mean, being from Chicago and then being a Chicago band, I've seen Naked Gun a shit ton of times. Um.
0: I, I even heard this wild rumor that this amazing local band that never quite made it called. <laughs> uh, Wilson actually <laughs> opened for a naked ray gun cake
1: that is true yes that this was is
0: a throwback to the rick sims episode of it a- is I, yes
1: I, I... that was my that was my short-lived band Wilson. we're a skate punk band and I, uh...
0: have, I have to thank rick even now to the i think this that episode and and it's not just a one-way street but that episode definitely opened up a level of ball breaking between neil and i that wasn't there before <laughs> yeah. between him making fun of my obsession with the necros and me yeah. making fun of Neil's short-lived. Band,
1: McWilson. Yeah. Well, even though it's annoying because, you know, when I laid it, you know... I mean, when you're in a band at the time, you never know how good you really are or not. Yeah. But, uh you know judging by some of the punk bands that are around in the 90s fuck we could have killed any of those guys so it's actually <laughs> well, kind of it's, annoying it's we didn't too, stick with you,
0: it you take the things that make bands split up when you're young because you take everything so seriously you take everything so much to heart you think everything's so important and now that you've got a little more perspective looking back going man why couldn't we just get around this you know right, what i mean right it seems so simple how we could have kept it going or how we could have fix this problem or whatever so yeah i get that
1: right um so yeah so that's true so uh, it was actually my band's first gig naked ray how about that huh they came down and played champagne um so we're talking 86 i believe 85 or 86 so what did you where did uh what's your
0: so what's your i mean is that your favorite what's your very favorite naked ray gig you saw him a bunch of times
1: um yeah i did i mean i saw him six times maybe something like that um so yeah, I mean, when, six?
0: Okay, I was thinking it was like 20 or something like no, that. No, I
1: mean, I could have done, but they played so often that, to tell you the truth, I mean, maybe it was more than that. I, I don't remember, because oftentimes they'd warm up for people, or they'd be the headlining band. I mean, sure. I saw them headlining, um, what's it called, Riot Fest, when Riot Fest was still indoors at the at the auditorium, uh, whatever that place was called, that they actually played. They actually had Riot, the first two Riot Fests were indoors, just on one day. Yep, yep, And uh so this that was one of the times when Naked Reagan. I think that I think that's what I'm going to talk about. So
0: those early Riot Fest before they moved to the outside were really punk.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it was it was, it was a complete punk focus. It was all Now punk. it's
0: sort of Lollapalooza-ish. Yep,
1: yeah. So back then it was all punk Scar and, and psychobilly. Um so that one that I saw, I think it was the second Riot Fest. Naked Reagan headlined it because they were getting back together. Um, but also on that bill, holy shit! I saw Youth Brigade. I saw the business. Um, who March else was played? It or was that not the same year? No, that wasn't. That was another year. Ball Weevils. Um, I think Mustard Plug played, and that's when I went out and had, had some dinner because I was there all day. It started at like ten in the morning and went <laughs> to like eight at night. Was and that so the I, Congress then? That was at the Congress. Yes, thank you. Yeah. The Congress. That's what I was no. trying to think of. So, but anyway, um, now
0: now like uh, abandoned or. <laughs> <laughs> like a, a it is. Total...
1: It's and it's a shame because it was a beautiful old theater, beautiful. But you know, yeah. it was really in a state of disrepair. Man, there was seats uh, that you could sit in if you wanted, and then stand up up front. You know, whatever you no, wanted. No, I like
0: but... I like the Congress, but my, my yeah. thing that I didn't like about it. They had bathroom attendants. What are you supposed to do with bathrooms? Yes.
1: Attendance? You don't know what to do. There's just a and, poor and dude. especially
0: when you've been having 50 beers and you have to piss every 10 minutes anyway. I yeah. Mean, it's like, how many times can you not make eye contact with this guy and just shake the water off your hands when you're walking out of the bathroom?
1: Yeah, and he's offering you a mint. have to
0: pay you to wash dry my yeah. hands
1: and it's like, I'm at a punk rock show. I'm drinking cheap beer. I don't want a mint. Thank you very much. Exactly. But, uh, you know, it's nice right. that you're nice referring we, it to we me. get side so easily. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so they were headlined. So they were getting back together. So, I mean, they'd been split for like 10 years or whatever, right? So they were yeah. getting back together to play at Riot Fest. But the night before, they played a secret gig. And it really wasn't that secret. But uh, they were going by some name. And I can't remember off the top of my head. It Fully was... dressed Ray Gun. It, no, it was it was like a name, except it was if it was in like Hungarian or something like that. <laughs> so there was some T-shirts that came out. It was like the Naked Dragon logo, but with this name of the band in Hungarian or whatever the hell it was. Mm-hmm. But they played the Subterranean, which is a small place. It holds probably two three hundred, I guess. A uh, real fire trap. So, it, but it was the worst. Ke- it was the worst kept secret no, in town. That's punk
0: raggy. Yeah. For, no fire escapes.
1: Uh, no, Everybody seriously. Dies if, if you riot, were up, if you were upstairs on the balcony and there was a fire, you'd have fucking died, because it was upstairs, too. I mean, it right. was upstairs, and then there was a balcony. So you'd have stood no chance of getting out. Um, But anyway, the place was packed, because it was the worst-kept worst secret in town. Sure. In fact, I had people who hadn't I hadn't seen in, like, ten years from Champagne it was, it come even
0: up. Even if it just circulated among their friends. Right,
1: right. So the bomb played first, um, which was oh, just...
0: Wow. so... so... The singer did double duty. Yeah,
1: he did. He, so it was Jeff of other band. So the Bomb played first and they were great. I love the Bomb. So um, they played I for like f- them. I never really have. 40 minutes. Um and then unexpected uh the Briefs from uh, Seattle oh, yeah. had been in town playing their own show um, at the great Metro. Classic
0: classic Sounding punk band.
1: Yeah, 77-star sounding, sounding punk band. Um, They'd been playing their own show at the Metro that night, and they drove across town to um open up for Naked Ray Gun. So I knew the brief, so I was super stoked that they were showing up, but it really fucking annoyed me that for this Naked Ray Gun crowd, obviously very... I'd say old school, but stuck in, stuck in old school, i.e. they hadn't listened to anything outside of The Misfits and Naked Reagan and Minor Threat in 15 years. And so basically the Briefs got no love from this crowd at all, which was just ridiculous. You know, they were singing along with like Black Flag and The Misfits, you know, between, song, between sets, you know, that the DJ was playing. But the, a fantastic new band like The Briefs came on and uh, they didn't get any love from the crowd at all, which really pissed me off. That um, just made me realize how closed minded a lot of a lot of punk rockers are, which was just ridiculous, but anyway, naked Reagan then came on and slayed it on this tiny tiny stage in fact, you know you couldn 't even see um the second guitar player or whatever because he was he was to the side you know um uh, so but anyway, so that was probably my favorite my favorite naked Reagan story, even oh. though i 've seen him like you know, I have seen them more than that because I saw them that and Riot Fest, and then I saw them play Metro, um, a few years later, and I saw them play Motoblot um, just a couple years ago, and um, you know, anyway, so
0: you've seen them a handful of times, just
1: just in the last five night. years, yeah. I've seen them a handful of times, which is crazy because yeah, Jeff has uh, Jeff has Parkinson's, and uh, the original bass player had a stroke, um, so yeah, wow, yeah, physically not so- doing too well, but still, still good.
0: So, once again, to you know, what this small world we live in, right? So, I've only actually seen Naked Rag on one time, and it was like five years ago.
1: Oh, wow. What was that? They came
0: up here and played the Pyramid Scheme. Okay. And it was, I can hear my son out there yelling. He's got that voice that's not quite a man's yet. So, really, (laughs) not a boy, not a man. It definitely tears through the night. Um, But it's funny because Cole, who we had on not just a few weeks ago, his band uh dagger down it was was one of the openers the other one was this band child bite this crazy band from detroit that i love too but i remember just like the crowd was just so restless and even cole was just like uh yeah we'll just do a few more and get out of here Like but... the, the crowd was really low. i mean there was probably like 150 people there it wasn't
1: oh know, wow that's all it wasn't okay.
0: huge uh but grand rapids you know it's three hours from chicago so they, was, they always had a pretty good amount of connection and love with those with chicago bands so um but yeah, great great band. I, I like them a lot too. I don't have all the records, but I got I got most of them.
1: Oh I you know um, what? I'm sorry I'm sorry to butt back in, but I do have one other thing to say, because I just remembered sure. this. I don't want to say a big fuck you to some people. Okay. Um so I used to belong to the Naked Reagan Facebook page. Okay. Which again was a lot of just old people just. Anybody talking about... who
0: doesn't know this, Neil loves to argue with people online. You That's say, you his say his that, you second. say that, but man,
1: they had this coming. I mean and see, see where you see <laughs> you where you stand you can't on control this. Yourself, you see can't. I know. That's true, but see where you stand on this. So um, anyway, these are, you know, a lot of, most of the people in this group, I'm sure they're nice people, but they're very much stuck in that, you know, mid to late 80s kind of thing, right? Yeah. So, um, Jawbreaker played, remember Jawbreaker toured about a year ago, a year and yeah. a half ago, maybe something like that. Sure. And they were going to play the Aragon with Naked Raygun warming up and okay. tickets were $85. Oh, yeah, yeah. So... I got on the group, and I'm like, you know, listen, it's great that they're playing. I really could care less about Jawbreaker, but I'm not paying $85 to see a punk rock band at the Aragon. I'm just not. And I got so much abuse. I got people calling me, telling me to fuck off. I got people telling me that how dare I tell people what they should, you know, the bands are trying to make their living and Jawbreaker and blah, 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 Legends. And I'm like, Legends? I'm going to see Public Image Limited next week with Johnny fucking Rotten. And it's thirty five dollars. So don't give me legend for the, the fucking jawbreaker, all right? So jawbreaker can suck my left nut. The
0: thing is, you're, you you get a little aggressive sometimes, Neil. I think you're, you're the, you go from zero to sixty in like one second.
1: Oh no, I had this one. I had this one guy calling me every name under the sun, man. I had, I had in fact, you know, I, whatever. So I left. I left that group. I was just like, fuck you guys. You
0: know, Neil's banned from the Naked Ray Gun fan group. He left. Yeah, you're saying you left. I'm saying you got you got banned.
1: No, some um, people some people were like, "Well, yeah, that is a lot of money." I'm like, "Fuck yeah, it's a lot of money."
0: You know, I'm, I'm in a I'm in a a, a fan group for Danzig, right? Yeah. And I I I always John John Gentilli, my editor at Punk News and friend are, are both in it, and we uh, you know we always. Sometimes he'll tag me in something and just make some. We just is just trolling the group, you know, because these people are such uh, just blindly devoted to Glenn Danzig.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, he could make an album of armpit farts, and these people would would say it's the next. Never mind the Bullocks. I mean, that's how crazy these people are, right?
1: Judging by that Elvis cover, uh, maybe but I gotta it, maybe tell you.
0: This Elvis cover, I've heard one song from it. Now, you're putting on a new album. You're going to pre-release a song or two, right? You're going to put your best
1: foot forward, right? Yes, and he's been talking about it for, for years, right? This Elvis cover This covers song album. sucked so bad. It does, yeah.
0: Unless you were at a wedding, like six to eight screwdrivers into the open bar, there's no way this sounds good. The music sounds amateurish and cheesy, and his voice is no good, and if he would have done this album in the mid-90s, it would have been great, I bet.
1: Well, and it's a real, it's it's an Elvis ass kicker, too. I mean, it's a good song. You know, yeah. you could really go off on this song if you wanted to, but it's so disappointing. I'm
0: going to go off on it, all right.
1: Yeah, but 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 hold on a second. So going back to the Naked ray. thing. about getting thing.
0: sidetracked. Where, yeah. What are we talking about here? Naked Reagan, <laughs> yeah. glad Dancing Sings <laughs> well, Elvis. Dancing well, Sings Elvis.
1: <laughs> but okay, Would you have paid $85 to see, Joe? I mean, was I in the wrong there?
0: I don't know what I would pay $85 to see. Actually, I do. Like, if, if, if Joey Johnny uh Didi and Tommy were, <laughs> were brought back from the grave I'd pay 100 bucks for that yeah but would you Neil, spe- I have I have some very I have one very expensive set of tickets right now in my envelope in my cupboard where I keep my my tickets and I'm not ready to talk about it yet but eventually I will talk to you about it it's set for July if the tour still happens and I did it for my lovely wife because she's been so patient with me all these years and my bullshit you know
1: well I I, um, I, I and
0: you will mock me Till the the cows come home, so I'm gonna wait until make sure it actually happens. It, Britney,
1: is it Britney is Spears or something? No.
0: no, it's not. Nothing like that. It's it's something that it's something that every woman forty or so loves. Rod Stewart. No, don't no, but, stop guessing. I'm no, not telling you.
1: Well, no, but I'll give I'll give you this. If it's a it, killing
0: joke. I admit it.
1: Is it? No. no. Okay. I mean, no, but if it, if it was Rod Stewart, I could understand that. Eighty, you know, he's a, he's a legend. $85 yeah. for a legend? Uh, that's that's yeah. fine. I'm not paying well, I, $85 I to fucking I see Jawbreaker.
0: See, I doubt you'll see the legendary status of this, and the tickets are over $100 for really average seats. So. All
1: right. Well, anyway. But anyway,
0: like I said, my, my my wife's been so tolerant of me, even right now, even though she was vacuuming earlier. I hope you couldn't hear that. And that might be her, like, passive-aggressive way of saying, oh, if you're going to go podcast. I'm going to vacuum. But anyway.
1: But I guess I, I I guess the difference is this: who you're going to see for a hundred dollars is what they wouldn't classify themselves as a punk rock band. I'm assuming. No, 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 and they're so, playing
0: the biggest. You know, they're playing a twenty thousand seat yeah. play. I mean, it's a big, big show.
1: Yeah. yeah definitely. So, uh, but I it's mean, it's crazy to me how these. You know, it used to be at least you go
0: to the hockey rink to see a big, big show. At least you get a thirty five dollar ticket if you were willing to sit in the back or whatever. Now that's like a lot of these are it's like eighty or hundred or one hundred fifty dollars just to sit in the
1: bad seats you know i mean but if you were to tell me just straight up so oh there's a ticket for 35 dollars and a ticket for 85 dollars and one is jawbreaker and one is public image you would think public image would be the 85 dollar one right that's what you would think. i wouldn't think
0: either would be 85 dollars right being honest but you certainly wouldn't think that status
1: shit band from the 90s like jawbreaker would be charging almost and it with fees so you're talking with fees probably over 100 bucks bucks. and it's like fuck off so anyway. But it was,
0: you know, it's one of those things. It's a, it's, if people who like Jawbreaker are crazy about Jawbreaker and it wasn't like they were doing a full tour, they were doing limited cities. I mean, I, whatever, whatever they can get, I don't begrudging whatever they can get, but I wouldn't pay it. Definitely.
1: Yeah. So anyway. Um. So what's your end Tom? Huh? <laughs>
0: my end is, boy, it should be your favorite band, Neil. Negative approach. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Unfortunately, I never got to see Negros. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah. I mean, they, they really, they, they played into the 90s, I think, but they were uh, severely diminished by that point. Yeah. Like a lot of them, you know, kind of went to like sort of a crossover, but they were never really that good at it. Um, so I think, I think the first time I saw them was that same Tesco Fest that I talked about seeing Iron Cross at. Mm-hmm. I got to tell you, it was one of the greatest shows I've ever seen. They were so good. And I think... And they did something at that show that I've never seen them do since. I kind of figured because it was the first time seeing them that it was like a regular feature at their show. But they were up there four for, you know, four-man band. And they had like these, was it one or two guys, maybe just one, who was like a hype man who stood on the stage with them and just like antagonized the crowd.
1: <laughs> That's weird.
0: Well, it's, it's like, this ain't no freaking pussy New York City. This is Detroit, man. You know, just trying to get the crowd really mm. riled up, and it really Yeah, could have done without that. It was annoying, yes. but it worked. Yeah. It was strange. Anyway, that's the only time I've ever seen ever seen that aspect of it. But so, the pit was so monstrous, man.
1: So just, negative approach, are from, they're from Detroit, right?
0: Yeah, they're from Detroit. Okay. They played from originally maybe like 80 or 81 till you know, 84 or something like that, mm-hmm. and then they called it a day and then i think they got back together in 2006 maybe so they play pretty regularly now and they still tour semi-regularly so they're uh but yeah they're still very very intense uh you know older guys now obviously yeah but the the singer is sort of an ageless wonder the other guys in the band definitely look older but it's they're they're good man still very very intense definitely worth worth seeing when they come to your town
1: yeah i saw them I saw them probably not long after you said they got back together in like two thousand six or whatever. Because they did Riot
0: Fest in the early day too.
1: Yeah, no, I didn't see them. There. Well, I don't think I saw them there. But the one I'm thinking of, they played with the Spits and um, when Face to Face had that comeback album. Wow, with Negative Approach and Face to Face. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, that's fa- a
0: horrible bill. Who would put that together? Was Face to Face,
1: Face to Face, the Spits, and Negative Approach.
0: I mean, I like both those bands, so yeah. I guess I shouldn't complain. And yeah. I would certainly go see them on the same bill. But I mean, the face to face crowd is a different crowd.
1: Yeah. So, I, Matter I fact, I, I
0: love face to face, but I don't really consider myself part of their crowd, for being honest.
1: Yeah. I mean, I really, so from that show, I really like Negative Approach and the Spits, obviously, way more. I mean, face to face were all right, but, you know, that's I really like
0: face to face. And last time I saw them, I thought they were really good. I've seen them a couple times over the years. That comes really, them, album like in a had, proper small venue.
1: Well this was this was bottom lounge, so probably about eight hundred well, I saw Stiff Little Fingers last summer, so probably about eight hundred maybe, something like that. So <laughs> not not too small, but not you know, not big. But, uh so
0: I actually played a negative approach song um on one of our first uh one of our early ones I played a negative approach song. It's funny because one of our readers reached out and he lives close to me here. And so I'm sure we'll end up going to a show at some point or not. But he said, he recognized me from my negative approach backpack back, patch. <laughs> so if you see the big ball guy with the negative approach back patch, that's, that's me. There's another, there's actually a second one around the town, but it's a, a young woman that has it on her coat. So, or her vest or whatever it is. So yeah. Wow. All right. You will know Amazing. me by my negative approach back patch.
1: So, so that, that, that that that's going to be the name of this episode. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> well, and let's play their biggest hit, and I use the term loosely, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um Can't Tell No One. Okay, from can't... their from their self-titled uh EP, debut EP. What year was that? Uh
1: 1 maybe. Okay.
0: Yeah, negative approach, Can't Tell No One.
1: song to uh end there i guess right we've been going for with music probably close to two hours again so Ugh. yeah let's we just
0: can't we can't contain ourselves we can't rein ourselves in
1: well we did have a lot of good stories on this one that's true. i mean i did i had a lot of long stories so uh, hopefully yeah. on the next ones the the stories won't be quite as long but yeah we we thought oh, we, well, we, why
0: we... i mean why neil why yeah, that's true we thought I told about being a, i told about being a young man emasculated by a lemmy <laughs>
1: And I talked about being scared by the singer of the (laughs) Meteors and trying to put out a bootleg album. Yeah. So we we thought we thought we were going to get nine letters done today, and we ended up only doing six. But I think that's okay. Yeah. Punk till I die podcast on Facebook. Those
0: likes are creeping up. You know, I made the promise of uh, if we get to 200, I would, uh, you know, share a photo of my pillow fortress of solitude. So (laughs) there you go we're We're creeping close to that, and uh punk till I die seventy seven at gmail
1: yeah, and and if you look at the Facebook page, you'll see from some of the shows I was talking about last yeah. week, I put because I keep tickets and I keep badges, obviously that I talk about, so I put a little bit of that memorabilia type stuff up there, it's just i was I was part fun. of me's
0: like, oh, I should put some ticket subs up, but you know, ticket subs got so boring,
1: um, yeah. I get by what the, you mean, By yeah.
0: the 80s, you know, they were so, everything was printed sort of generically, so I have all these tickets that sort of all look the same.
1: But if you have flyers from any of those shows or anything like that, that you would know, be You cool know, I was never a out. big
0: collector of that stuff. I mean, I have some, but, but you, yeah.
1: You can find some of them online, probably. That was, you know, yeah. so it just gives a bit of, uh, a bit of background to the, to the gig story sometimes. The thing that depresses me that.
0: was when I look up those old tickets, I'm like, oh, I went and saw Ransom for $7, or. Right.
1: <laughs>
0: now everything's 50 bucks, you know. Yeah. But all right hey thanks for listening everybody we we enjoyed it we'll uh we'll regale you with some new tales or new uh or we got we got some definitely got some guests on the on the hook that we uh
1: yep. you know, yeah yeah so. and in the next few episodes yeah we have some exciting things happening i think so uh heck yes we do yep so uh tune and in again same that channel so' so all right everybody all right.
0: So stay long, free everybody. yeah
1: bye bye stay safe bye <laughs>